0: Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to another episode of the Wackham Pack. Of...
1: My boy, my buddy, my friend, my pal. I won't call him a lover yet, but he is my buddy. <laughs> it's yeah. me. I'm here, buddy. I'm here. Glad Woo. to be here. Hot oh. damn it. I'm so excited today. Why? I don't know why. I don't know. Because it's, it's another day. You know what, everybody? Oh, the
0: Lord. Ebony and Ivory, we're back, baby. Yeah. Oh, dude. And guys, we have a sick episode like always because you know what? We're not coming with no mediocre episode. We got a
1: good episode. No episode is mediocre. We always oh. put our 100% in. We want to make you happy, make you you satisfied, make you get outside and go hunt, fish, camp, whatever, travel in your motorhome. That's what we're all about. Just hey, if when we hear that you're doing it, we're just loving it, just to say, Oh, yeah, dude, it's
0: gonna be a good one. And I know you guys already read the credits, who it is, and all that, but ooh, 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 hold your horses, baby, giddy, 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 hold it, baby, because what, what, what the fuck was that, Dwight?
1: <laughs> Hold your horses, baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you you leaned up to the mic, and you're like, dude, that I am like, what the fuck is that noise? <laughs>
1: it's a horse ride, baby. This Hold fucking guy. Fucking Dwight, dude. <laughs> oh, 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 dude. God. I've had a few today. Oh, right? no, you no, know, you know of what I'm saying? A lot of times we don't drink before the podcast. A lot of times we drink during the podcast. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'm feeling it today.
0: Kettle <laughs> <laughs> one kicking in. <laughs> uh, yeah. sorry, folks. Uh, sorry, folks. Sorry, uh, I apologize. Oh, I'm not sorry about <laughs> shit. Woo! If you guys don't like it, just disconnect right now and fuck off. <laughs> Woo! Hey, but yeah, guys, today is a good one, dude. And it's going to be a great guy because this guy is a book of freaking knowledge. Not only he's the fucking turkey guru... Woo! This guy hammers deer one year after another, year after year after year after year. And not only that, this guy takes people out and gets them their turkey also. And also deer, dude, because this guy knows the land. This is what he does. He's with Managing Deer TV, dude. Oh, dude. And there's a reason why. It's called Managing Deer. Oh, because this guy does it, dude. Oh, yeah. But w- before we get into that, Dwight. <laughs> oh. Hey, I wanted to uh, Give a little big thanks out to our partners out there, dude, that's, like, believing in us, because, like, we believe in them, and they believe in us, yeah. First, I want to get a shout-out to uh, Mountain Bound Hunt Co., dude. Oh, Lord Almighty, these guys got the -the state-of-the-art kennels for all you doggy-dog world-loving guys. Oh, my God, these guys got the dog kennels going on right now, and right now, dude... They have dog kennels going. They got shed hangers going for all you horn hiking guys out there. You know what? In a lot of states, people be horn hiking, dude. Oh,
1: oh, over here you'll be hiking more than horn hiking. I'll tell you that much. Because, hey, because you know, you guys that you know in the cold areas right now, it, we're in Southern California, Texas, New Mexico, all those little places, or even down in Arizona. Temperatures a little different right now. Oh, you know, so all you snowbirds who want to still get out and walk around, even those snowbirds that say, you know what, I'm going to stay in that little cold area of Montana and Wyoming, that you're going to just go outside and walk in the snow. That's fine. But those that say, you know what, it's just a little cold. Maybe I'll go down to Arizona. Maybe I'll go down to New Mexico, maybe California, maybe Texas. You know what? Or maybe even Florida, where it's just a little bit warmer. You can get out there and go do your little hikes and, and find, wear shorts.
0: And a, Damn right. Or or get those freaking fucking water moccasin muck boots on. And exactly. Get, ooh, and do your hike and get your horns. And you know what? They got some shed hangers, dude, for you to hang up your beautiful horns. Also, these guys at the RMEF right now, dude, right now they're at Boop 23200 in Las Vegas, dude. They are there right now. So anybody around Las Vegas right now or uh, just traveled over there, go check these boys out right now. I know in the past we've been saying that, oh, yeah, we're going to go to Vegas, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, fucking life happens, dude. I got an accident. I got doctor's appointments. I got to deal with a van and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, we're not podcasting. We're not going to get over there. Maybe one day we can get there that before the
1: show's over. But it just— it, We just want to tell you we're sorry. Yeah. You know what? We don't want you to think we're faking you guys who— who bought tickets to go there and in in hopes of just seeing us and hanging out with us at the booth and everything else, it wasn't a setup, babe. Hey, the fact is, like you said, life gets in the way. Life gets in the way. He's had some traumatic stuff going on. And the fact is that things had to change, you know? So we deeply apologize, but we promise you we'll make it up to you. We will definitely make it up to you that we get together. We as a, as a family and hang out and do our thing. But Hey, if you're there, go hit them up. Go go hit those guys up over there at the booth. Let them know that you heard us on the podcast. Shake their hand. They're good freaking guys. And just say, hey, you know what? I heard you guys. I heard what the 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 the, the, the podcast, you know, the Whack'em and Pack'em podcast has been stowing out there about your product. And we just came by to say hello and want to be part of the family. So, hey, get out there. We're sorry. And, I mean, what else can I tell you? You don't accept it. What else gonna well, yeah, do? You know?
0: Yeah. Well, that's what it is, right? <laughs> hey, and these guys also will be in uh, Utah at the South,
1: <laughs> South.
0: <laughs> Salt Lake Palace Convention Center, uh, February like fifteenth to eighteenth. They're at booth three three six eight, I believe. Yeah, dude, check these guys out. They're legit. Oh, 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 yeah. Check out Mountain Bound Hunt Co., baby. Also, check out. Woo! Wait out there. Gator Outdoors, dude. These guys got it going on. They got the new kill hats going on. But you know what? It's almost 2024. But they got the 2023 kill hats going on. Go out there. You can purchase a hat, a shirt. They got turkey calls. This guy got the new freaking King's camo going on for men, women. He got youth bundles. Oh, dude, Wade is on a fucking tear out there also, dude. This guy's family-owned like all our guys that believe in us are family-owned yes. pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Check out Wade out there at uh, Gator Outdoors, baby. Yeah. Also, check out Wild Edge Ink, baby baby oh the og ooh, <laughs> the og in saddles dude oh my gosh dude you guys want to elevate your game dude and get like oh in another position Oh uh, yeah you have these tree stands it wasn't working out but you know what you can get yourself a saddle dude and get in any tree you can get in like a three inch tree Oh, dude, these saddles are legit. You can get yourself a Berserker. You get go to the platforms, dude. You know what I mean? They got the battle axe. They got the battlement. They got the perch, dude. They got it. They got it. Hey, and I got mine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Chad told me to bring mine today so he could teach me how to use the damn thing. But I didn't. But I tell you what. I am so freaking excited. I'm excited to get that thing. You know, and sometimes you guys out there may be thinking, oh, these guys are pushing this, pushing that, pushing that. But I tell you, the last guy that we freaking interviewed.
0: You know, Brian from at, at ease Outdoors.
1: And he had one, and he talked about how great that saddle was. And it was like, okay, my buddy Chad ain't really screwing me around or or, or selling me some shama But the bottom line is, is hey, I cannot wait. Use mine. Climb up in there and see what it feels like. So oh. I tell you, I, one thing for sure, it, me and Chad are in the same tree, we won't get an animal because we both be snoring because it's so comfortable.
0: <laughs> It's like a hammock without the margarita, baby. That's what you always say. That's what you
1: say, brother.
0: (laughs) Hey, so make sure you guys go out and check out freaking Wild Edge Inc. My buddy Ryan partnered up with Drew Walters, dude. Oh, man. And by the way, I just talked to Ryan. Motherfucker got some metal in his eye. Oh, Uh. dude. Because you know what? This guy's a busy beaver out there cutting steps, making the steps happen, dude. Oh, dude. I know you guys probably all missed out on the freaking uh, freaky. Fucking Friday sale and then Cyber Monday <laughs> sale. But you know what? Who gives a shit about that sale, right? Get over there right now because they got a good deal, dude. You know, it's better than all the competitors out there because you know what? Drew's a veteran-owned in-house, dude. Oh, dude. If you guys call either Drew or Ryan. Dude, these guys will not, like, just discontinue you. They'll get back to you right away. If not, answer the phone. Give you all the answers you need and everything you need and everything you need. Yeah.
1: Dude. At your fingertips, baby.
0: And, you know, we have that big raffle going on. You guys got a couple more weeks left, dude? Yeah, dude. Oh, dude. Anybody gets a saddle out here, dude, in California, dude? Because you know what? Sooner or later, there won't be tree stands out here in California because all these tree-hugging motherfuckers out here are, like, banning everything, Dwight. Banning. Yo, banning. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to have a setup going on. You don't have to worry about people for public land hunters because, you know, private land, you don't have to worry about it. But for all you public land hunters, you don't have to worry about putting your tree stand up, leaving it there, and then somebody else, yo-blow and hoo-hoo, come in, and guess what? They see your stand. They You did all the research, and then they next thing you know, either they're in your stand or they're hunting right by your stand. You know what I mean? But with a saddle, you could go in and out, Nobody even knows you've been there. You're like a
1: ninja, dude. You know what, yep. what I mean? Ninja. Oh, dude, that dude, that's a great description. You damn right. Like Bruce Lee. Yeah. How many times you've heard where people put up a tree stand and somebody's coming and setting their tree stand? Oh, many. yeah. Many. And, and, oh, and even some people even get to the point that they fight. Yeah. And fools got killed. <laughs> Call 911.
0: I just shot some motherfucker in my stand.
1: (laughs) 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 On public land. Fucking bitches. (laughs) Yeah. So you have no ownership.
0: Oh, you don't. It's public (laughs) land, public tree, motherfucker. You know what I mean? But you get yourself a wild-edge saddle, you have not that problem ever again. People won't know who you are. Your recon that you've been doing for all year long. Oh, yeah, it's not forgiven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And last,
1: you said. Turners, turners, turners. Turners, 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 turners. Anyway, listen, folks, you know it. I've said it for weeks now. And we would have said it way before. But I tell you what, get out there. Get the turners, turners, turners. They have it all. And, you know, last time on the podcast, I said, hey, you know, I'm going to get you guys an area in Arizona. Well, I found one. Woo! And that fact is that one place is in Tucson, Tucson, Arizona, Turner's Outdoors. And I tell you right now, the temperature there in Turner in, in, in Tucson is about 75 degrees. So you golfers up there, you snowbirds that want to get out, get out down to Tucson. And when you're down in Tucson playing some golf in that nice weather down there, go check out Turner's for all your camping, hunting, fishing all of your outdoor needs, clothing, all the above. You go see Turner's. I tell you, like I said before, they are an outstanding organization, great company. And like I said, it's all about Mike. And I know Mike is not the owner and not the not the not the guy, but he is the guy. And the bottom line is what he does and what he wants. He totally wants to make sure that his customers are satisfied. So you get out there. If you're not satisfied with something that you bought, you purchased, or, or or you had some problem with something that you bought from them, hey, take it back. And if you have an issue, shoot an email. Shoot an email to us. We will send it to Mike, and Mike will take care of it. Because oh, yeah, I'm telling you, he, like we said, we want to grow with them. Okay? I mean, They've been there for years. Like I said, I've, I've known them for twenty-five years, and you've known them longer than that. Oh yeah. And the bottom line is, is that I can't say anything bad about Turners whatsoever with their professionalism, their customer service, their friendliness, all the above, the experts that they have at their, at their stores, and the experts that are coming and in shooting, in archery, and fishing, and camping, and clothing, and all the accessories that you need, they have it. Go check them out. Go look them up. Go visit them. Just go walk in the store. If you don't like how they treat you, let us know. Like I told you before, shoot us an email. We'll tell Mike, and Mike will make sure there will be some changes done inside that store. It is a store that you would call home. So, hey, go see Turners, Turners.com, Turners.com. Go check them out. They are Awesome organization. Absolutely. And, you know, they got 36 stores just here in California. So you can't find a
0: Turner's here in California. Motherfucker, you ain't trying. You ain't looking. Woo! turners.com, <laughs> dude, and you'll find a store remotely close to you. 36 Absolutely. stores in just California, dude. And and they're expanding.
1: Hey, and the fact is, if you decide to come to this warm weather, I know you don't want to live here. Don't blame you. But if you just want to come here because you you're uh, Disneyland, Magic Mountain, or any other place out here in Southern California, or our beautiful beaches. Dude, I'm telling you, Southern California weather at this time is the best time ever. You walk around here with shorts and t-shirts and go to the beach. And I'm telling you, when you come here for that visit during December and January and February, where our weather is just amazing, stop by it, Turner's and get yourself yeah. a fucking product. Get yourself, You got a bow. You want to get sighted in? You want to do something else? Hey, turners is there for you we got fishing going on right now i just talked to a buddy that is going out and the fishing is amazing out here on our coast down in san diego oh big uh redfish all that nice beautiful Mm -hmm. stuff and you know what get your equipment from turners because they will they will set you up for what's going on in southern california oceans Lakes or whatever else. But oh, I tell you, you what, damn right. you go see turners when you come visit us. Like Chad said, there's thirty six stores here. You cannot you wherever you go, you're gonna drive by a turner's. You do <laughs>
0: You you are going by the terms, right? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. hey, thank you guys, those four thank guys. You. Oh, thank we, you. Thank you for believing us like we believe in you. And oh, 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 yeah, dude. Oh, oh, my Lord. Hey, so the next one, real quick, because we got this guy. I know he's on a hold right now, and he's, he's busy. Listening. He's a busy man, oh, so we got to get through this. One. You know what I mean? Hey, a big shout out. I got a couple. Uh, oh, I got a list, but you know what? We're <laughs> going to keep it small right now. Hey, dude. I want to give a big shout out to Goonie Gill, dude. Okay, this guy That's is a
1: great name. Uh, Goonie Gill. Yeah, well, yeah. That's almost like that. Who's that actor or oh, uh, comedian? Goonie Goo? I'm sorry, I'm not Goody. making of your name. I'm not making yeah. fun of your name. Goonie Google. Goo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Goonie Gill. This guy's a great hunter. Uh, an awesome father, by the way. This guy nice. literally. He hunts all the time and he shoots. I think he might even be like a shooter for turners, also. I'm not 100% sure, but this guy, he's a big, avid hunter. Dude, he took his son out, Dwight. His son's 10 years old. His name's Sonny Gill. Okay. Mm. Yeah. 10 years old, dude. Oh, and you know, nice. I, and, and me with the kids, I'm a kid guy, right? Us, all of us. Yeah. Outdoors. Right? I, Outdoors. Lo- I love it when I see guys. And they're they're tagging us uh, with their kids. This guy Sunny Gill, you're awesome kid. Ten years old, dude. He goes out to Arizona, right? And dude, he was able to arrow fucking a nice javelina, dude. Oh, nice! So, and he got a turkey also at ten years old. Nice, all oh, dude. The new generation, way to go, Sunny. Way, way to, to go, go, Goonie, dude. Way to take your son out, dude. Congrats. The fa- hey, dude, seeing you take out your son, the family life. Oh, yeah, you're a great father and a hunter, dude. Way to go, guys. Yeah. Hey, next is Seth Watts, dude. Remember Black Bear Pursuit? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, my God. He's the bear guy. Right. Oh, he's the bear. He's a bear motherfucking guy. He's like you. Bear guru. Oh, dude. I look up at this guy. He's my mentor. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Guess what? This guy switched up uh, the thing, and, dude, he was able to shoot himself finally a freaking tank of a buck to end this season, dude. Nice. Oh, dude, yeah. We're going to get him on and his nephew. His nephew got a big buck on. Way to go, Seth, dude, of getting that buck, dude. Next is uh, Leonard Ward, dude. We had him on a couple weeks back. Uh, Well, shout out a couple weeks back. He got like two bucks. Remember that guy? got two bucks in 30 minutes back to back. Oh, yeah. Well, this guy, dude, he went out and finally got himself. A color phase bear, dude. Oh, dude, he shot a bear like no other dude. Oh,
1: dude, yeah. Hey, Chad. The kid that got shot the Javelina, did he tell you where he got him? Because I know me and you went out there, we couldn't get a damn thing. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> I, I, did you, hook
0: I, I'm gonna have to, did you me to hook a brother up? Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to reach out to Goonie <laughs> and tell him, hey, what, hey, what unit you got? Hope, hope you're my unit. <laughs> because, you know, the units out there, You know whatever tag you got, you got to hunt that unit. You right, know what I mean? So right. It's not like whatever. But, hey, next is Cameron DeMiguel. Dude, he went out to Oklahoma, dude. Oklahoma. Oh, dude, Oklahoma, yeah. dude. The Is that where the Unabomber went? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah he blew yeah. up the fucking tower, Yeah, that fucking Jeez. guy. who that, Tim McVeigh?
1: Yeah, Tim McVeigh. Oh, yeah, yeah He's shit. dead now. Boom, 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 boom. Burn that <laughs> fucker up. <laughs> Wait,
0: with this guy Cameron, he went out to Oklahoma, dude, and dude... On this first day, dude, he didn't waste no time, dude. He shot himself a hammer buck, dude. Nice. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, nice. dude. Hey, so I'm gonna leave it there with those four people, dude, because I have a whole list. I could keep going on, but I'm not. Yeah, because good. we got a podcast to do. Yeah, we got a podcast. We got a we got
1: we have a guest. Yes. That's hey, the thing. We have a guest. And before
0: we, we get in that, I just wanna tell you veterans out there, thank yes. you. Thank you. Cause we believe in the veterans, dude. First responders, dude, right? Thank you veterans out there, you first responders, because you know what? If it wasn't for you guys, our freedom would not be as free as it is right now. We love you guys for sacrificing everything you do. Sacrificing your life, some of you guys. Absolutely. Sacrificing being away from your family for years on end. Yes. Hey, dude, getting over there and getting your business done. To, to, so me, Dwight, my man Keith over here, everybody that's out there doing what we do and taking, you know, Taking the advantage, not advantage, but you know, taking enjoying. it like, yeah, enjoying, yeah, enjoying, enjoying, the life. enjoying life. If it wasn't for you, veterans, hey, dude, this would which would be a shit show here. Absolutely, right? I and tell and you right?
1: what, because there is no other country in the world. Oh, we there are the best country, the best country in the world. There is no other. I know what we repeat it, we say it, because we believe it and we love it, and we're and that we become emotional about it because both of our parents were veterans. My brother, who's no longer with us, was a veteran. And the fact of the matter is is that we love what you do. We love that you've given up your life. Some of you guys, especially you wounded veterans that are in wheelchairs now, lost legs, and doing all these other things. And then we got that guy out there, the, the coyote killer, that is doing things for veterans because of the fact that he's a veteran. And he wants you veterans to continue to enjoy life. And the thing is that, we want you to enjoy life. And the thing is, we love you guys. You guys are amazing. And when I say guys, it's not by gender. It's about any person that will put on that uniform, Marine, Navy, Air Force, Army. Coast Guard. Coast Guard. Hey, thank you. Yes, thank, thank you, you. so much. Feels good and to keep, be an American. And keep doing it. Keep doing it. Oh, I, I,
0: I every time I see that national anthem, Dwayne, oh. oh my gosh, I, I just... Hey, yeah. it, it, it hits reality like how great it feels to be an American mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. oh my god I love it yeah, yeah. And I've thank been you to, guys
1: and I've been to different countries and I thank god every day
0: Woo! thank I you thank god. you and thank, thank you some god. more oh yeah hey so Dwight we got Woo. all that good biz out and it's fun biz but Absolutely. we got it out of the way now we <laughs> got oh dude now we're gonna get into the juice, juice. Woo! Squeeze, oh.
1: squeeze it baby Ooh. squeeze the hey! juice out baby <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey everybody right now i got my man keep your rock out here dude keep your rock what's up my man
2: what's up california
0: <laughs> Yeah. oh man it's good to hear you my brother i love you dude too like no other yeah
2: yeah i miss you fucker so uh- <laughs> yeah dude Wild, going? wild out there. Yeah,
0: how's it going out there
2: right now in Ohio?
0: Because
1: this guy Keith, he's out in Ohio. Dude, we get a lot of people from yeah, Ohio, yeah. don't we? Yeah. <laughs> I think, dude. You know what? I, you know what? I think I think we should get some money. Not we get any money at all, but I think we should get some money from the state of Ohio. Because I'd be mean, damned. I think most of our podcasts, the people that we interview, are from freaking Ohio. You know what? I'm gonna tell you. You may call us one day and say, you know what? you guys need to stop interviewing people from Ohio because all you fucking Californians are coming out here fucking up my state.
2: <laughs> and they call, us the, they call us the heart of it all in the, in the United States. So. <laughs> so what's good, Keith? How's it going out there? How's the weather, my dude? Oh, it's actually kind of sucks right now, man. It's, uh, abnormally warm right now. Rainy kind of shitty. Um, unfortunately we haven't been able to get out. Um, we had the orange army come in, uh, last week um and uh oh um Uh-oh. 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 because we're we're literally the most popular state or the pop- most popular county in in Ohio um for years and years and years um it kind of gets a little crowded here but but anyway um but yeah so it was kind of warm kind of crappy i tried to get the misses out tried to get stepchez out on a out on a good one here um unfortunately it didn't play out we had like i said it was actually a down week last week so we we gave it a break this week um just kind of let the deer settle down we just need some cold weather and some of that uh white stuff hitting the the ground a little bit so
1: get the deer on their feet well i I heard you guys supposed to get some real crappy weather coming through here next few days
2: yeah it's gonna get cold it's kind of like i said kind of rainy it's gonna be rainy and kind of just warm tomorrow and then we got a cold front coming in and then uh, like i said monday it might be uh Game one for Steph Ches to try to get her on her, uh, white tail. I think she's the last one on the list to, to bag one here. So, but every done, everybody done pretty good. Our Dizzle got a good one. Of course, uh, my man, the modern assassin Garrett got on a good one the same evening Ryan did. And, uh, so yeah, so it's, uh, it's been good this year, man. It's, it was, uh, it was a little crazy in the beginning, but, but, uh, yeah,
0: we made it happen this year. So Nice, nice. And, be, you know, and and I didn't give you the shout-out with everybody else because, dude, we're going to shout you out in a little bit right now, the <laughs> fucking monster you got. Because with that shout-out I do, I dude, you're one of the guys I have on my list. But I'm going to just scratch your name off right now because we're going to get into it in a bit. But before that, <laughs> hey, tell everybody who you are, where they can find you, if you want them to find you and all that good stuff.
2: Well, I am, uh, Keith Rock with, um, Managed Gear TV, uh, me and a good friend, um, we've been kind of filming and doing our thing for a long time, um, and you can find me, uh, Keith Rock um, on Instagram and, uh, same thing on, uh, Facebook. So that's where I'm at. And then, uh, we have, of course we have, uh, Managed Gear TV, its own, own entity there. So you can look us up on uh, both, uh, um, Instagram and Facebook on there too.
1: Nice. Yeah. And, and you guys even on, uh, you guys are on TV on the Sportsman Channel or something, right?
2: No, just YouTube. Just, uh, you okay. can find us on YouTube. You can check us out there. We got a ton of videos on, uh, on YouTube there. So, um, I know Ryan Barron is, uh, kind of the captain of, of the ship on that one. And he just bagged a really, really nice buck, yes, um, this did. past, actually, actually, it was during gun week, used his bow and, uh, got it done. Northern Ohio, so so that worked out pretty good for him. His guy, he laid down some pretty pretty good footage on that one. So we're we're anxious to see that one when he gets once once he gets that one all edited and put out on YouTube. And that
0: guy, he's a killer, also, dude. And and you know what? Going into like little managing deer TV, Ryan, when me and you actually went out when he shot the COVID deer, dude. Yeah. Oh my god! And we got to travel his land and see his (laughs) land and all that shit. Hey, dude, that guy actually like taught me a lot. On that little trip, I mean, yeah, dude, that guy Ryan Barron, dude from Managing Deer TV, he's legit, dude.
2: Yeah, it's uh, man. Like I said, we've been friends for quite a long time, and and that you know, just trying to trying to grow deer and do that whole thing, man, and, and managing the land and and trying to manipulate it in a way that it holds a lot of whitetail and you can watch them grow, man. That, that's that's the biggest goal is is just seeing what these things can turn into and I think his was I think his gross the one me and you wrote up one two to take pictures. Um, and just to check that deer out. It was two two twenty seven. Oh definitely. that's what that thing grows. Yeah. So I have a question. And it was crazy, because the crazy the year before it was in the in the one sixties and he had he had took a picture of the deer sitting in a stand and sent it to us and we're like, Man, you're crazy not shooting that but he was like, dude he's a young you know, he's a young deer. I think if uh if he dodges all the the arrows and bullets and gets in the next season, he you know he could be something special and he wasn't kidding
1: Hey, you know my question to you real quick, you know because there's we have listeners in all parts of this country and everything else, and <clears throat> when it comes to managing deer what what mm-hmm. is the what is the key in managing deer so you can get deer on your property and everything else because i mean we we don't have that luxury here in California for the most part. But I know in other states and in in the states that you're in, you you have that ability. So tell our listeners what is it, what's key when it comes down to deer management?
2: Oh, my goodness. I mean, we could go into (laughs) some rabbit holes in this one. But, no, it's mainly number one is human intrusion. That's number one. You can have a a really great property um, and just not have a good way in, maybe a good way back out. but, But human intrusion, knowing when to hunt it right. But, um, you know, if you, if you got a big enough property, you can really, I mean, some of my best properties, honestly, they're, they're fairly small. They're, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 acres, you know, in size. So they're not real super big, but just creating the right habitat, um, you know, planting food plots, mineral sites, and, and just kind of keeping up, it basically keeping inventory, you know, on your property and kind of seeing what's in and out through the year and the different times of year they're in and out too. So. But, but number one is just human intrusion. Like I said, knowing how to get into a spot and get out, you know, without being detected a whole bunch. Um, right. I, I'd say that's probably number one key. I mean, that's pretty much anything with all your guys, you know, with you guys and the blacktails out there, you know what I mean? It's, it's still, I'm, I'm going to eventually work my way out there. Um, I got an invite to come out there to to try to hunt, uh, Northern California for some blacktail. And I'm, I'm thinking about taking that up maybe the next year or two, but, um, right. but yeah, it's just, yeah, but it's uh but yeah, I mean it's we can go into a whole thing on right. you know what I mean with, with deer. But mainly you know, I grew up on a small farm hunting these things. You know, back in the day we just we shot deer. Um, you know, we we pretty much eat most of everything we take.
3: Right.
2: <clears throat> but you know, we really didn't care what we shot, you know what I mean? It was a deer, it was down, but as, you know, you get a little bit older. Um, you know, you try to not say, for, for, say to be a trophy hunter, but you want to try to just start taking, um, manageable animals, um, you know, animals that are mature. Um, and then just kind of turn into just the development of these animals, just seeing what they, which, you know, once you let them age, you get to that, you know, four plus, five plus year old deer. Um, they turn into something special. So, and that, that's the whole goal is, is to try to, you know, hold and grow mature animals on your property.
1: So now, so uh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Oh no. And that's the big thing too. The key is too, is fortunately we've got, you know, a lot of people are kind of on that bandwagon as well. You know, we've got, fortunately we've got some good neighbors around us too, that are on the same, same game plan. We are, you know, they're, we're just trying to shoot, um, you know, mature animals. And in the long run, it's going to work, work out for everybody in the surrounding area. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. But I mean, I'm all for shoot, shoot what you want to shoot. I'm not downing anybody whatsoever, man. Whatever, whatever gets your, you know, gets your heart pumping, man. If that's, if that's the the deer you want to shoot, shoot. And, you know, we kind of got a saying, me and Ryan Barron's got a saying, you know, and, um, you know, if you see that animal walking in and you got to think about shooting it, don't shoot it. Yeah. So if you see that animal walking in and instantly, you know, you know, this is the animal I want to take then take it. So
1: that, that, that is that's kind of how I think about it. Oh, no, that, that, that's great advice. Now, when it comes down to food plots, especially in your neighborhood in in Ohio, um, mm-hmm. what what type of plots do you guys see a great uh, attraction of the deer?
2: So, so we have a lot of ag around here i mean chat Chad, Chad pillar tell you that you know there's so much ag around us, um so there's a lot of corn and beans, soybeans uh but primarily, we try to because we're sponsored by whitetail Institute, um so we use a lot of their products okay. um and they have a very, very good product we've been we've been using them even before uh managed deer tv was sponsored by them okay. i think about six or seven years ago right. but i like to use winter greens so there's a there's a a slew of different products that they use um i really like i i tried on one of my other properties my Guernsey county property um chad's been out there with on that one with me before um but i doubled the size my plot this year and i did one it was um it's got um winter oats and it's got a little bit of uh just a little bit of brassicas mixed in and I tried that this year and they just completely destroyed. Just me. I mean, that stuff was up, up past my knees, the green, you know, a lot of the brassicas and the oats and stuff like that. And within once that stuff matured, I mean, it's, we were out there the other day hunting and it's literally down to the dirt and a lot of the, the bulbs from the turnips and the radishes are pretty much. You know, chewed up on too, but usually I like to try to keep winter greens in. Usually plant them right around towards mid, late August for us, kind of the area we are. It just depends, you know, if you're more north, like towards Michigan, or if you're more towards the southern states, depending on when you want to plant that stuff. But, um, but just getting in there, I, I really like winter greens because it seems like, you know, once those deer will transition off their summer habits and get more into the fall habits. Usually that stuff's matured by about mid-October, and it's just it's I mean it's lights out. I mean it's you're going to hold a lot of deer, and plus it's, it's got a lot of crude fat and protein. It's got every a lot of good things that they need to survive. You know I mean when it's sub-zero winter, deep snows, they got everything they need to help survive and get through that winter healthy. So that's that's really the goal as well too, because you know a lot of these bucks are coming off the rut, you know coming into January. And they're just hungry. They're worn out. They're you know really light. Right. <clears throat> um, so the goal is just to keep keep fat and keep protein in them um, and keep them healthy through the through the winter. So, you know, more or less coming into the spring, when they once once their antlers start to grow, you know, we want to see that big growth and the healthier they are, the bigger you know antler size you're going to get out of these deer. So. Outstanding. So, so, outstanding.
0: So. so not to, I, I want to get into the whole thing, but we're
1: gonna I, have to rewind a little bit. Right? I didn't even know. I mean, I didn't even know what you would do to try to keep. An there, you know? yeah. Chad and I keep talking about trying to lease some property or buy us some property somewhere so we can have a place that we can do the same thing. So it was just educational for me and educational for our, our listeners that are out there may have that ten acres, may have that five acres, and they want to be able to hunt and they have that property where. There's really no deer coming on there probably right. at all. Yeah, and so my things. hey, it's all about the education that we give here and everything else. So yeah, that's why I asked that question. I, I don't know. absolutely. Hey, so before we get
0: back, we're going to get right back oh, into the Manding deer TV, and uh, the managing that what you do. Hey, do hey uh, Keith, let's go back. Let's just rewind right now. What what got you into hunting, and how old were you were when you got into hunting?
2: Oh gosh, um ever since I could remember, um really. I mean, I I grew up on a small farm um my grandparents owned and we lived on it with um and my my mom and dad, we pretty much we had a small farm, we had some cows, you know. I, of course I, you know, Ray used to barrel race horses, I did all that stuff showed, you know, as an FFA and I was in 4H and all that stuff. But um I mean, I was young. I mean, I started out small game hunting, you know, anywhere my dad could really drag me along. I mean, you know, there was, I, it was, you know, I'm kind of like a middle child. So my oldest brother, John boy, he's um, six years older than me. Um, then it's my sister's four years older than me and then me. And then of course, Mikey, little shit, Mikey, but, uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> my youngest brother, but, uh, so yeah, so dad always, just, we went everywhere. You know what I mean? We, we rabbit hunted, squirrel hunted. Um, and, of course, we, you know, nobody really bow hunted that much. I really didn't get into bow hunting until I was older, but it was more like gun week. My uncles would come down, my grandpa would come down, you know, and I remember like one of the first things, you know, being like six, seven years old, just riding along with them and getting out, you know, and, and kind of sitting in the edge of fields. And we had a big hay field, a big pond and, you know, surrounded by woods. It was just the picture perfect area to kind of grow up as a kid. And, and that kind of got it going. Small game got it going for me. And then, uh, you know, once I started to be able to get out more and more and actually hunt with my dad and, and, um, and get out and do more whitetail hunting, it was just addictive from there. Um, so that's kind of what got me into it. Just, just being around it all the time. But, but yeah, just, and then, you know, of course going to school where I went to high school at too in junior high, like, you know, there was a, there were so many kids like me, you know what I mean? Cause it's just a little hick town, you know, and, central Ohio. So that's really all he had going
1: on around here is just, just hunting mostly. So, you know, what's so crazy <laughs> that small town thing, right? There's a guy I know. His name is Bill. We call him coach. He's, he's a teacher out here, but he grew up in West Virginia and he used to coach and teach back there. And it was funny. We, every, everybody's always asking me, I, I think about three times during the week, what's your next hunting trip, what's your next hunting trip. And he was telling me we were talking about hunting deer and everything else. And he told me how he, when he coached basketball, his basketball practice was at 5 o'clock in the morning. But he would let his players, <laughs> he would let his players mispractice if they were going hunting, if they were going to deer hunting or whatever else. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thing was is that if they went deer hunting, they had to give him a hind leg. <laughs> and literally, <laughs> it was a freaking competition for That's all the so players awesome. to get a deer and bring coach back a freaking high leg. And I was like, dude, that, that is, too that is so odd. And then listening to you talk about, hey, you know, you grew up in that same type of environment for the most part. I don't know if your coaches or your teachers allowed it or whatever else. But I'll, I,
2: I'll tell you a funny story. When I was, I remember, it, uh, you know, because when we were in grade school, you know, we had like, we, I mean, like, we're, like, the fourth largest square mileage of school district we are. Um But it was funny. When I was in junior high, you know, coming from different grade schools where everybody kind of came to one school, met a bunch of guys. You know, we've become pretty good friends. A lot of guys hunted. And I used to get – we used to be in a huddle, I remember, in football. And we'd be talking about how many squirrels we shot or how many rabbits, you know what I mean? We'd just be talking And the coaches would get so damn pissed off at us. They're like, man – Focus on what we're doing. Focus on the play. And they used to yell, you know, we used to get in, sh- you know, just trouble all the time because that, that brought back some memories right there when you brought your stuff up with the deer night. <laughs> no, that's shit, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know,
1: I tell you what, that small town living and hunting where it's back to, back to what it was of the old days, you know, um, it is. Great to hear! I, I, it it's friggin' awesome. you yeah. you telling that story too? My friend, he was the coach. He didn't hunt, but the fact <laughs> is that he got pleasure from his hunt from his his team or his players going out and bringing him meat back if they're going to miss practice. <laughs>
0: hey,
3: so
1: hey, hey,
0: so Kifo, hey, so how Yo. old were you when you got your first animal? And did, was it with a gun or a bow?
2: Oh, uh, be! I remember I was. Pro- I used to sneak. I wasn't really allowed to go too far by myself. I remember I had like those, like a little. I don't know what kind of BB. It was like a Crossman, I think, like a little ten pumper. Um, and I can remember. I remember squirrel hunting with with John and my dad, and I was probably seven or eight. And I know it was like sometime in seven because our season, like our small game season like squirrels and stuff like that it usually starts around september 1st so i remember getting off the school bus and going to an area that that you know i went with my dad and my brother and i t- i snuck out took the took the bb gun and i remember it's crazy because i haven't talked about this in years so and i remember just just that adrenaline rush being that young and trying to shoot a damn squirrels with a damn bb gun up near this pine tree thicket next to, like, some hardwoods, and I just remember missing every gosh darn one of them, too, man. Just missing every damn one of them. And just, like, dude, this shit's awesome. Like, what, what is going on here? So, I would say, and then I remember, uh, I would say my first squirrel I ever shot, John had a 410. I was so terrified to shoot this damn thing. Because it was just loud, and, you know, you'd think it'd kick hard. And I remember I just, I got ballsy enough to take sneak that thing out and uh oh gosh, I was probably, you know, eight maybe or so. And I remember shooting my, it was just kind of walk trucking through the woods and there's this old stuff. And I seen this, this squirrel just sitting on it, pulled that four 10 up and just squeeze, just kind of got it in a general direction and just pulled the trigger and didn't even know if I hit the damn thing till I walked up and seen it. And that's, you know, that's that was the first thing I ever shot was a squirrel. Wow. So, and it was funny. One of my, still to this day, my one of my best friends, um, he was my neighbor too. They owned like 80 acres next to us that butted up to our farm. And um, me and him went to school together. He's a year older than me, but we, that was our thing was just squirrel hunting. Like, I mean, we didn't care about deer hunting or anything at the time. And then we both were into rabbit hunting too. So we, we did a lot of squirrel and rabbit hunting as kids and, Things like that, but um, I would say, I would say my first first deer I ever shot, um, and it was crazy because you guys know what ginseng is, of course. Uh, like uh, back here, it's like huge. Oh, that, um, they, you now, know, big that's money that
0: movie, it. that's that show that we were talking a couple of weeks ago about ginseng, yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. So, you know, of course, we didn't have a lot of money growing up or anything like that because we ate a lot of walking and stuff like that. But we used to do a lot of ginseng hunting. Um, and I actually saved up money enough from gin- selling ginseng for for a couple of years. Um, and my dad helped me buy my first. I bought a Winchester Model 1300 pump slug gun, just smooth bore, just slug gun. Mm-hmm. And I was 13 years old, and that's uh, I shot my first. It was actually a button buck, and it's crazy, man, like I said, this is crazy that we're talking. these are memories that, like I said, I haven't talked in years about, but um, yeah, I remember uh, middle of the day just going to an area' it was the opening day of gun, and uh, I was 13, and we all kind of spread out along our farm, and I was going across a creek, and there's a little fence right down there, and there's a little thicket next to it, and I' just seen this deer get up and just haul an ass dude. I felt like Randall right here, just, and at that time, you know, now it's like, it's like a three shot, you know, now it's a three shot limit for most states, but back then that, you know, whatever your gun could hold, that's what you're shooting, man. I would just, dude, I was just a lead farmer that day, so I was just, that deer was running, dude, like all, I had six rounds in that gun, and, and I hit him probably three of the six times, and he just hopped up over the fences and fell over dead, and so that was a, that was kind of a turning moment, I think, in, in hunting for me. But then, um, you know, as a kid, though, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, just didn't care what it was, but just knowing that, that feeling, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. that feeling.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, but just a lot of, you know, just a lot of emotions and stuff like that. But, but that kind of turned you know, turned the fire on and just, you know, couldn't get enough of it. But, um, I really, I really was wanting to get into bow hunting. My dad used to have a an old – actually, I shot a my first doe hey, so with a recurve last wait, year wait, with my be, dad.
0: But before you go to that, Keith, hey, so when yeah. you shot that button buck, you were solo or were you with your dad? No, I was
2: by myself. Oh,
0: you went solo. Okay.
2: Yeah, so we all kind of split up. We just – because our farm was – was pretty long. I mean, it was like a third of a mile long. So we just, it, you know, it was a pretty narrow property, but we just kind of set up along. So, um, so me and my dad, my uncle, um, and then John, we we're, I just kind of walking down to clear the far end of the property and just cutting down. Like I said, man, it was, it's, it's always been a good spot. I always kind of like this area in there, but yeah, for, yeah, for my first year, I, yeah, that was crazy, man.
1: So, you, you know, it's so crazy is that, you know, you talk about being able to do that type of hunting even as a kid. I remember for me, my dad would let me take the shotgun, and we'd go out here in in Fontana, Rancho Cucamonga, before it got totally developed. And I remember taking my gun, because I've always, I don't know, I, it was just, I've always listened to my dad and the stories, him growing up in the small farm and all that type of stuff. And I remember taking the shotgun, and my dad would never say, no son, you can't do it. He would just say, hey son, just remember. This ain't when I was, when I was growing up, <laughs> you can't be going out. <laughs> like You can't go out here in Southern California, like I was doing in Georgia. Yeah. In and, uh, so hearing those things, was, it was, it, it, it was a, for me, it was like a lifelong thing for me to live on, to live that type of lifestyle. And, you know, and, and, yeah. I, and I totally miss it. And that's one of the things that right now me going into retirement, my wife and I, you know, we want to go to a small town and even like with Chad and say, bro, let's, let's buy us up a, a freaking hundred acres or whatever else that we could have and call our own and, and and live that lifestyle that we've always wanted to live. But we couldn't live it here in Southern California, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So I tell you what, what you living that lifestyle is just amazing. I love it and I love to hear it. We love it because. In Southern California, you just can't do it. Nope. Not, and you will never do it again. I mean, literally, we would take no. shotguns in our cars, and everything, in, in, in the truck. Around oh, yeah. Our, and literally. I never,
2: go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I remember going to high school, you know, when we could first drive. And, you know, people would have, like, gun week, you know, we'd just leave right from school and go <laughs> hunting. And, you know, nobody cared. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Like, back then, you know, uh, just. Be, you know, growing up just where we were, it was it's it's a it's just a complete different world now. And you know, and I, I feel that I wish you know, no you know, we're talking, you know, I'm forty one, so it's just you know what I mean, being that long ago, it's just it's crazy. I wish we could rewind a little bit, you know what I mean, kind of go back to those days and, yes. and I think kids kids now, these days, I that's what they need, man. Yes. That's what you know what I mean. Yes. I grew up in awesome childhood. You know, it it was just, you know, looking back at it, it's just like, man, I wish there's so many kids could grow up like that, Yeah, you know, experience those experiences.
1: It's a great lifestyle to live. You know what I'm saying? Because at the same time, like you said, you know, you guys back then, what you shot is what you ate and what you shot was going to the free. So it was almost like a survival type thing, you know, but now in this day and age, it's not about that. But yet, you lived it, and, and, it's, and that's amazing, bro. I, see, I, and I, I sit there, i there just smiling the entire time. And go, God! Even my wife, <laughs> even my wife tells me all the time, "Oh Dwight, you were born in the wrong time of <laughs> the wrong time of life." <laughs> I mean, we watch Swamp Wars and everything else, and these guys are running around snagging up and catching these freaking uh, alligators down there in Louisiana, and I just go, "Man, I could live that life." My wife just looks at me, and goes, "You're a fool." I go, <laughs> But she doesn't um. understand it. Even though she lived in a small town, but she didn't experience those things. But I just, I it, every time I hear those type of things, I'm like, man, that is so awesome. And I wish, you know, my kids are doing quite well. They're doing okay. But if I could have raised my kids in that same type of community, doing those same type of things, they probably wouldn't sit their ass on a God-blessed freaking computer playing video games. If they, they'd get out there because they'd understand, hey, if we don't shoot something, well we ain't eating. <laughs> <You know>? Absolutely, <laughs> though. Right? yeah, dude. Absolutely. Hey, yeah, so- and just
2: just everything it teaches you, you know, with discipline and patience and just all the things the outdoors teaches you. Yes. You know, it's just um Yeah, and I, it's just yeah, like you said, man, I, I just wish more kids could get out and do it. And I've got nieces nieces and nephews and you know, I've got some friends around um, with their kids, you know, and that's the thing. We're not, we're, we don't have a whole lot of places to really hunt anymore, like we used to, and and so getting them out and trying to, you know, get that, basically build that inside of them. You know what I what I had. You know what I mean. It's just it's just sharing that experience and and trying to introduce the outdoors. You and know, oh, you do the sh- you do like
1: share that. that. You do share it. that. It's a lifestyle that's dying, and that's why we always yes, say absolutely. That's why we always say, parents, get your kids out there. Get them out there. Get them to enjoy the enjoy the hunt and the fish or just the outdoors in general because we we are a dying breed. We pretty much are, and it's sad. Yeah, Really absolutely. sad. Yeah. And, and, and and government is taking over a lot of those spaces, or now it's becoming so private now. You got to pay for somebody to hunt on their property or lease it or whatever else. Where Before it was like, hey, come um, on Oh, you know, that
2: – and that's the big that's the biggest thing here right now for us. It's just the leasing. Like we've we've got some lease properties. We had to do it because, you know, we're we're one of the top ten counties in the country for here for <laughs> Yeah. So right. so and there's so many outfitters here and they're leasing up ground and the price they're paying for the ground yeah. and it's just like and, and that's what I got with you know, me and Ryan had talked about this Art diesel there, you know, several years ago. We were like, Man, we're gonna get to the point we're gonna have to you Know we're gonna to have to lease up some ground or you know try to come up with money to buy some, but it's just so daggone expensive, especially around here, you know.
1: Yeah,
2: um, but but yeah, and there, there's still some of those farmers, there's still some of those landowners out there that you know that that'll let you get in there and hunt and kind of you know help watch their property and, and you know just do different things like that, but. And not, but there's still there's still some there's still some of that
1: out there. And see, even at the same time, hunters have screwed it up too. I mean, so hunters gone <laughs> out there where where man says, "Hey, come on out here. You can go hunt, do whatever else." And then they show no respect for the man's property or the whoever's property, the, the landowner's property, and they just totally disrespect it. Leave trash, do whatever else, and 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 and, and not care. Because they think, well, you let me do it, and they just don't. They just don't care. what I mean, you think about it. You go to national parks and everything else, and you see where people just throwing trash and just, just total and disrespect, crazy. Just total freaking disrespect. And so I, my thing is that you know, I've knocked on some doors back in the day, just to go bird hunting and everything else, and and some guys have been very very uh, obliging for me to hunt on their properties, but nowadays you. You, They have signs up, no hunting, no nothing. And you knock on the door, people tell me. They've knocked on people's door. Nope, you can't hunt. Nope, you can't do it. Nope, don't want you here. And they may not even lease their properties out to an outfitter. They just, one, don't like hunting, and two, hunters have screwed it up. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think – that, and I think social media, I just kind of went on the kick there not too long ago. Somebody's, you know, with the whole social media thing, just, you know, be able to just do what you want to do, hunt with whatever you want to hunt with, and, and just be completely content and happy with it, you know. And it's just like there's so many people that are bashing so many other hunters out there. I think a lot of people feel um, discouraged, you know what I mean, yeah. in a way. And you know social media,
0: and and definitely social media plays a big part in a lot of fucking people out there right now, dude. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, hey, you can guy, you can get a guy that just gets on social media, and then like next thing you know, he's like, oh, I need to make a name for myself, and Mm -hmm. he's just going out fucking up shit like crazy, thinking it's like making a name for him, but really, it's not really making a name for him because he's really fucking up that land. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, so Keith, so we won't touch on it too much, but hey, so for you, I really got a fond of you more than anything because of my brother passing with cancer and all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know if you want to touch on it a little bit, but I know that you had battled cancer and beat it. Can you? Do you feel like you want to share a little bit about it?
2: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I mean. um, yeah, so kind of going back to, you know, when I was growing up hunting on the farm and, and younger. So I was really gaining steam, you know, getting into hunting, really started getting into archery hunting when I was 14. Um, and then when I turned 15, I was diagnosed on Friday or February, Friday the 13th. Um, yeah. Between a third and fourth stage leukemia, it was lymphoma Hodgkin's. Um, so I was diagnosed with that. Uh, you know, like I said, as a later stage, wasn't sure what you know, you know, what was going to happen. So pretty much immediately, you know, I was doing a lot of the chemotherapy, um, started getting into that. Well, um, you know, just the stress and just, you know, being a 15-year-old kid, having to deal with that kind of stuff. I just wasn't sure what to do with myself. But um, that's when the outdoors really... Opened a lot of things for me, you know, yeah, mentally.
1: Let, let me interrupt you for a minute. So, what was your prognosis? Did they say you weren't going to make it. Did they say you'd give you a, a no. Life it, well, the
2: prognosis was at the so at the time when I was diagnosed. So they started a new type of well, a series of different types of chemotherapies and treatments, and and the way they went about treating for it. Um, so there wasn't too many people that that had the uh, prognosis, kind of the stuff that I went through, but they said it was, um, but um, at the time it was actually fairly curable. Mm-hmm. But since I was a later, it's it's more curable, of course, when you're in an earlier stage, but going into a later stage, um, you know, you got different things like, you know, is it in the bone marrow, you know, the white count, that's, that stuff that's kind of detrimental to, you know, you know, pos- more positive results. Cause you know, cause you know, um, cause, cause, you know the-
1: cause you know, I'm sorry again, but just cause you know, when people hear third and fourth stage, that's pretty much a death sentence, you know, yeah. so when Chad brought it up, cause I, a lot of times when we do our interviews, I don't know who we're interviewing until <laughs> the day. So when Chad <laughs> brought this up and you're talking about it, I, I, that's why I'm asking these questions. Cause the fact is like you said, when a person says they're third damn near fourth stage cancer, most of the prognosis is it's death is imminent. Yeah. Um there
2: is, but there's I've you know, Chad's been around me enough. I'm a pretty optimistic person. Um, you know what I mean? Just I've always kind of been that way. But just just trying to stay positive, man. Um and like I said, I mean I've got I've got a hell of a story that happened with a, a good friend of mine that actually wasn't it wasn't looking good for him at all and one of the last things he wanted to do this was just a couple of years ago uh brian connor um he was neighbors of um ryan davis's farm and uh so we kind of just you know he he loved whitetail hunting and everything so we got to know did some bear hunting with him and um it wasn't looking good for him and then he actually uh met up with me and a good friend of mine he has a tattoo studio in dallas over in virginia and uh Wanted to get uh, him and his wife wanted to get a tattoo. Well, his wife asked me to take him deer hunting because it, you know, this was probably his last season. Um, and he was starting a new series of trial treatments. Um, and end up taking him out. We went all season. Uh, it was toward later in the season. Nothing happened. Came back through. He was grinding through. I mean, I, this guy was literally probably 180 590 pounds like six foot three um down to where i was taking him out like towards late season and he was probably 10510 pounds um not looking good and and just struggling well fast forward he started getting a little bit better come back in the next year um my goal was just to do whatever i could to get that guy on a deer and uh he ended up uh uh one of my other properties in another county over, end up going, it was, uh, I believe it was October, October 19th or the 20th, I think. And a buck I'd never seen before, never done any of that stuff. This thing just come walking right down any of the air on this year. So, and so with that, you know, with the outdoors, I know what it did for me, man. And I know what it does for other people, especially, you know, if you're, you're kind of feeling down and out. Um, you know, he shot that deer, and about three, four months later, he beat that cancer. And it was a very, very rare type of cancer. Um, and so it was something started with like kind of some kind of melanoma on his neck, and it just spread through his whole body. Oh. But so end up beating that. Um, but yeah, that was kind of a little story there. Uh, I wanted to share too. No,
1: absolutely. Dude. Yeah. I'll tell you what, hey, let's thank God that he made it through 100%. Hey, you know <laughs>
2: absolutely, man. Yeah, and- prayer is, uh, that's pretty big, man absolutely and, you know, that story is big
0: to me because you but, know.
2: Um, but yeah, so yeah, so that's kind of what what really fired my whole outlook on life and in general with with the outdoors, and that's that's where my passion really really grew, man the more I was out there, the more I felt closer to God, the more
1: hello. Oh. Oh man! Oh God! Good Lord! Hey, that's the devil stepping in right oh, now. You know, Did I'm, you hear I'm, what he I'm said? i
0: almost about to cry right exactly. now. Like, I'm, I'm Got home. him
1: closer to God. Oh, what happened? I'm the, holding the tears in right the now. The devil right? stepped in and interrupted that whole thing. Let's call him back. Let's call him back.
0: Ooh, we lost you, my dude.
1: <laughs> you, yes. and, 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 and when you were talking about, you know, it got you closer to God. To start from there again, will you please, buddy? Oh,
2: sorry. Uh, so yeah, man. Just um, kind of that was my way to deal with it. Was just being in the woods, fishing, hunting. Um, you know, that kind of um, you know brought me a little closer. I felt closest with God that way, you know. And I've yes. always kind of went to church as a kid. You know, always a religious, uh, pre-religious guy, um, yes. but. But and that's where I found Serenity pretty much, man. And I, I feel that, you know, that helped me get through everything, you know, that I was facing as a as a teenager. And, and uh, so I did about, um, it was about a year and a half with treatments, with the chemotherapy, the radiation and kind of getting better. Um, and then that's when it just, that's when it just took over. That's all I wanted to do, you know, is just try to be in the woods as much as possible. And, and uh, you know, that's.
1: That 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 has to be crazy crazy feeling at fifteen years old. Because was when you when Chad brought it up and you were talking about it, I sat back and I thought, at fifteen years old, I wouldn't be thinking about dying. I wouldn't be thinking about something that's happening in my body that you know that I may not even make it to sixteen or something. So, what, what, what was your thoughts in your head at that time, bro?
2: I mean, at first it was just, it was scary. I mean, it was just like, I, you know, when they, when we went into the doctor's office and I actually buried my grandmother, that my great-grandmother that day as a pallbearer for her. Wow. And uh, so we actually stopped at a, um, a laundry mat near where we buried her. And uh, my mom called the doctor because they did some series of tests the week before, x-rays and things like that. And that's where the, all the tumors are just giant, like, there was six giant tumors all down along my spinal cord. It was kind of pushing back between my lungs and heart. And it was just, just kind of chaos in there. And you always had a hard time breathing. i lost a lot of weight too. Um, so I was pretty active I was in sports, played football, you know, wrestled, played, you know, track, all that stuff. And, and I just, I was just so worn down, lost a lot of weight. I was just, just as, I mean, white as a piece of paper, just, just super pale. Um Knew something was going on, but just couldn't quite figure it out. But, but yeah, that was, that was a rough day. Um, so yeah, that day I was pretty scared and just shaking, crying, you know, just not knowing what, you know, what, what the outlook was once the doctor told me, you know, what it was. So yeah, that night they, uh, my dad got home from work and just we went straight to children's hospital up in Akron just to get everything started. So to try to start the diagnosis and the treatment plan and, and, uh, just it was unsettling, you know, not knowing, you know, for for, you know, several weeks. It was just, you know, the what if like my main thing. I love playing football. It's like, man, am I going to be able to play football? That was one of my things like, yeah, you know, I want to play football. I want to hunt, hang out with my friends, you know, and and um, just not knowing if that tomorrow wasn't, you know, if it's going to be here or not. You know what what the chances are and it's just so much going on and the stress you know that that's one of the biggest things too the doctors you know they're just like try to keep the stress levels down you know um but yeah just you know i had a lot of support with family and friends and um just getting me out doing things outside you know doing things i love to do just just kept everything off my mind it just gave me something you know Especially, I was just getting in the turkey hunting at the time, mm. and you know, of course, it was spring, and I was getting my treatments, and and I actually got a picture. I shot a long deer um with a single shot 12 gauge, and uh just mouth calling the stupid thing in. I remember, and I had to, I just had my metaport put in not not long before in my chest, and the doctors were like, "Man, don't you know, don't be shooting." Because my main question was like, "Man." I just want to get out and hunt, you know, can I shoot a gun? And they're like, no. <laughs> so I would sneak off and, and, uh, shot my first long beard that spring. Uh, when I first started getting, you know, my chemo treatments and stuff like that. And, and uh, but yeah, so it was just, just being able to wake up and look forward to something and yeah. just motive try to motivate myself to get out and do things. I mean that, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, just the motivation part of it was just wanting to just wake up and, and just keep, keep doing what I love doing.
1: So how how, how was it on your parents? I mean, we're, I mean, I don't know if you have children or anything else, but Chad and I have children and, and we're fortunate that we've never had to have a diagnosis on that for our children, but how was it on yeah. your parents?
2: Um, it was, you know, it was really, really tough and stressful, but you know, my, my mom's very faithful. My dad is too. Um, But it was – you could see the stress. As time went on, you know, it was stressful. But, you know, after a couple months, things were looking really good. Um, You know, the tumors were shrinking quite a bit. Um, Of course, it was – they determined that it was in my white blood cells at first, and then after about a month, they tested again my white count, and it wasn't even in it anymore. So that was kind of like the power of prayer right there for me. Um, But – that was a big determining factor with that too, but it it, it was very very stressful, um, you know, for them. But like I said, they kept faith and and you know there was just no give up. You know what I mean? It right. was just we're just a fight. You know, You're, there's no there's no choice. You know what I mean? Right. But you know, on my dad, it was pretty stressful. You know, it's funny because I, I talked to my dad here not long ago about that, um, and he kind of came out and you know was just. You know, I knew he was worried, but my dad's a pretty tough character. Um, but you know, he, he came out and was like, you know, that was pretty terrifying, you know, for that experience. But the biggest thing, you know, when I look at it, cause I'm the person that went through it as, as a kid, um, just them being the way they were, just being strong. That's the most important thing. You know what I mean? Just, just being as strong as you can for them. You know, there's going to be times it's, you know, it sucks. Um, you got a lot of stress and you got to let that stuff out. But, but just being strong for that person, have a lot of faith. Um, it just, you know, helps. Like I said, man, I had a hell of a support group with some of my best friends. I'm still best friends to this day. We talk all the time, um hunting with them still. And uh, yeah, and that's actually, it's what's, what's crazy is that's how I met Ryan Barron um, for Manage your TV. That's how we become friends. A lot of people don't know this story. Uh, if you guys got a second, oh, but got, he is actually a
1: seconds. You go.
2: <laughs> Do so, your thing,
1: bro. Do your thing.
2: So the craziest shit. So this is, you know, this is how I know things are crazy in life. Things fall into place for certain reasons. Um, so this was about, I don't know, I was probably about 12 years in remission or so. And my uncle worked with Ryan Barron's dad. They worked together for a while. And, but they, I mean, we lived, he lives up towards Cleveland. I'm more down towards Columbus area, just east of Columbus area. Ryan's, so
0: Ryan's dad's
2: Don, right? Don, yeah. yeah. So Don worked with my uncle and also my uncle's like, hey man, I, you know, it was during deer season. Uh, you know, my grandparents, we, they owned several properties. We had several, I could just run around anywhere I wanted to and basically hunt. We had all kinds of places to go. So, um, so. My uncle called me and said, hey, man, it's one of my best friends I've worked with. His boy's going to come down. He's about the same age as you. A couple of his buddies are going to come down with him. If you can just show him some – because we've got a lot of public ground around us. He's like, hey, man, you just show them some public ground. You know, that'd be cool, man. Um, and you really – you get along with – you two are a lot alike. So I didn't know anybody. So about a week later so, Ryan calls me. and We talked for a while on the phone. I was like, yeah, man, come down. I'll meet up, and I'll show you some of my products on public ground. You know, if I say, if you guys have bad luck or whatever, just get a hold of me or whatever, you know, we can hang out or whatever. And uh, I'll let you hunt some of my spots or whatever. So he comes down and we, you know, I show him some of my spots. We hang out. He's a cool dude, man. I really like Ryan. Like, we just hit it off. So about two months later, um, it's like in the March, out of the blue, I didn't hear anything from him. All of a sudden, Ryan Barron calls me. Says, hey man, I, I talked to your uncle and, you know, I've got some things going on and Um, you know, I just feel real weak and that, you know, some of the symptoms, little symptoms I had, it sounded similar to what he had. And he was asking me about, you know, kind of how they caught the stuff that I had, the type of cancer I had. And I was like, you know, they did x-rays, this type, you know, just the different blood work. I was like, but dude, don't worry yourself. It could be nothing, but definitely go to your doctor, see a specialist and get this figured out. I said, if it is anything, if you get it checked out now, it sounds like it could be in an early, early stage. And I said, it's very, very treatable, you know, if it is anything. But I said, don't worry yourself over it. So about a week goes by, he calls me. Ryan Barron calls me. He says, hey, man, I've got the diagnosed. I was diagnosed with lymphoma, Hodgkin's. I was like, no, the same exact type of cancer I had. Ryan has it. But it was in the first stage. So it was very, very treatable. Um, and that's how we became friends, good friends is because he was diagnosed with the same type of cancer,
1: exact same type of cancer I had. Wow. Wow. Amazing, brother. Isn't it amazing? You know, it's one good. thing, you know, that yeah. you know. speaking mm-hmm. of your parents and what they were going through and, in, in, in the comments that you made, it's amazing how God is so good, right? God. Absolutely. Is so and how, how powerful prayer is, you know, people don't believe that people think we're all crazy, some type of fools that we are, but, uh, God is amazing, and the fact is, you know, your parents were of the faith and brought you up in the faith because that was a responsibility for to raise his children, to raise their children, to know God and everything else, and the bottom line is that, you know, your parents always kept the faith, and the fact is that it even helped you get through it, and the fact is is that I know, I bet you you asked your dad and your mom, I bet you most of their prayers is about you, and then their relatives and everything else praying for you for your recovery and making sure that you get through this at 15 years old. I tell you, I can't, I cannot give more praise to the man upstairs for what your recovery is all about. Cause I tell you what, cause God has created great doctors and great freaking scientists and everything else. And, and the fact is, is that prayer got you through it. And the, and the fact that God's creation got you through it being in the woods and being able to do those things that helped you through it and kept your mind straight.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was, it, I mean, it was detrimental to, I think my, you know, not only surviving it, but just, just getting through it. You know what I mean? Um, in a positive manner. So,
0: yeah. Cause you but know, yeah. like when I first met Ryan Davis and I'm going out there, I got to get a little breath right now. Right.
1: He's getting emotional. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I, dude, I'm like yeah. I'm about to cry right now, I, dude Like, I got you. I'm like, yeah, it just hits me home right now dude. I'm just I, thinking about my brother right now Yeah, know?
1: absolutely So,
0: well, I met Ryan Davis and I'm out there, I'm hanging out with him For a year or two And then, of course I met Keith right away And then, you know Maybe not the first time out there The second time I, I learned about this And I'm like, oh shit It really hits home, dude Because you know what my brother didn't make it
1: right you know absolutely
0: and yeah yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely so
0: it it hits a lot of home hearing the story right
1: now okay right for me yeah i know
2: well and i'll tell you uh, chad you know what i mean I, I lost a very good friend of mine this past not too long ago um and it was like, he's like a brother in Dallas and he, he passed away of cancer here recently. But he was always, I would actually look at conversations we had and, you know, I lost a good uncle. who used to love to hunt. I lost one of my best friends years ago. And, and that's why I talk about hunting and the outdoors in general, man. It's, I don't hunt for social media. I don't hunt for the attention. I don't do any of that stuff. I hunt for me. I lo- it's the challenge for me. Cause I love to do it, but I also hunt for the guys that can't hunt anymore. You know, like my dad can't hardly get around anymore. So I, I can't take him out anymore. Um, it's just too hard on him. You know what I mean? And, and just those guys are always in my thoughts, in my memories. Just, and it, it, the crazy thing this year, you know, my friend Ricky Fields has just passed away. Um, uh, just big, faithful guy, but always just loved me and Steph how. We, we just live life. You know what I mean? You, you gotta live life, man. Just go do what you love to do and don't hold back, man. But he's always been that guy that just influenced you and pushed you to do better. And, uh, um, and it was funny when I went with Garrett this year to go to sick of deer hunting for the first time for first day out. And, and it's, I mean, you can see every star out. We're in the middle of this damn swamp on the Eastern shore. And I'm looking up, and I'm, I'm saying a little prayer. I'm like, brother, be with me, man. I was like, be with me, Ricky, today. Come hunt with me, man. And as I'm sitting there, Garrett's like <laughs> Garrett's like 15 feet in a tree, hanging hanging his point uh, five pack, you know, his tree stand. And we're like a mile and a half into this swamp. As I'm looking at him, I see it. As, as I'm thinking, that, I'm saying a little prayer in my head. Be with me, Ricky. And there's, I'm not kidding, there's a shooting star <sighs> straight over our heads. And I was like, dude, I just... Garrett comes out. I was like, man, I just you can get a big ass shooting star, dude. I was like, that's crazy. So we, we didn't really talk much. We're sitting in there, and I ain't kidding you. That sun was barely up, and he did a call, and that sick of buck come walking right in, and I arrowed that sucker first morning. Sun was barely even up, and I was like, there you go, right there. So, but yeah, man, that's that's what we do, you know. You know those guys that that I that can't hunt with me and. And you know, I do it in their honor. You know what I mean, and and memory to them as well. So. You,
1: you know, dude, I'm gonna tell you something. Chad's a little <laughs> emotional right now, but I will tell you, you and Chad are extremely identical because I didn't know this about Chad for a little bit until we went on our Africa hunt, we've, and we've I, and I made mention of it. But Chad takes his brother with him every time. Chad wears his one of his brother's shirts. To go hunt with him, and even after Chad's dad passed away, Chad and I, you know, he he posted some things and everything else. And even we were up there uh, uh, bear hunting last year, and I remember Chad even said, "Hey, Dad," and I think he even posted that. He said, "Hey, Dad, hey, if you're okay and everything's all good, you know what? I need to get a bear, a a bear at our last night or whatever else." And he told me he was about. He said, "Dwight, about thirty seconds later." That bear came walking in. And we, yeah, I'm telling you, and and even we hunted in New Mexico, all different places. Everything else, I, I, I don't think Chad hunts for himself to this day. I really don't believe that. I don't. I could. I, one hundred percent, I don't believe Chad hunts for him. Chad hunts for his brother and 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 for his father. That, yeah. And I absolutely. All, and, I, and like I said, he 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 wears his brother's stuff, and 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 and, 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 and like I said. Like the one time we were in Africa where he had his brother's shirt. That thing looked like shreds. I mean, it was a piece of shit, right? And Chad said, oh, my God, I hope they don't mess up my shirt. Because he didn't have another shirt because he had worn it so much for his brother on all his hunts. And the thing is, is that the people who were washing our clothes sewed the shirt back together so, so that he could put it back on again. Yeah. And he was just like, "Oh my God!" It it was an emotional moment for him. And so when I, when you said that, I was like, I never, ever, ever thought about why Chad. I just thought Chad loved hunting, but I believe Chad is the same way as you. He hunts because of what his brother and he hunts for his father. And it's like when I shot my first freaking elk in Montana, I shed a tear. My dad wasn't alive, but I thanked him and I thanked his oldest brother, Uncle Ray, for taking us and teaching us to hunt because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be hunting. I wouldn't be fishing. I wouldn't be this. like, I just said, hey, you know what? This is for you guys because I'm able to do this because of the fact of what you instilled in me. I have a great career and I can afford to do it, and at the same time, I wouldn't be in these woods, being working my ass off
2: <laughs> at yes. all. You know what I'm
1: saying? I wouldn't be working my ass off if you didn't teach me this type of trait and t- this enjoyment of life. And I tell you what, yes. it it is it is so awesome, so awesome to know that. And like I said, and and I I don't think Chad, I think Chad loves hunting, but I think he hunts for his brother and his father. <sighs>
2: Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It's just every time we go out, you know, I, I think of my uncles, my grandfather is not here. Just you know, they loved it so much, you know. I mean, that's what kind of brought me into it as a child. Just like, you know, I it was just instilled in me. You know, what I mean, it was like it was in my soul. You know, what I mean, that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. So, and and that's the best thing to honor them. You know what I mean? You know, if you know, God forbid something happens to me, and it's. You know, that's I just, you know, I had this conversation with my brother, you know, with my nephew and even my nieces. I was like, man, I just hope they carry that on. You know what I mean? Just in honor of, you know, I try to honor the people that can't do it no more, you, you, you know, as you, much you, as I can. You
1: know, you, you honor them in so many different ways. You know what I'm saying? You honor and mm-hmm. show them pride because you're a successful man. You're not being that drug addict or whatever else or or, or being that person that's not doing the right thing in life. Not drug addict or whatever, they say not doing the right thing like the fact is because they work your parents, our parents, worked their asses off. Work their asses off so that we'd have a better life, you know? And the fact is, is that how would you sit back and, and and destroy that by not doing the right thing in life because they sacrifice? And the same thing, the same thing with hunting. I, I look at it the same I look at it on the same level. Because it it is, they raise you to be an honest person. They raise you to be a faithful man. They raise you to take care of your family. They raise you to to have morals and values and be respectful. And there's no different than when you go out in the woods or you go out and go outdoors because it was another thing that they taught you. And the fact is you honor them by saying, man, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you said it right, dude, yeah. (laughs)
2: absolutely yeah that was yeah i mean it's and it's awesome i kind of feel like you know we're you know i just feel like this next generation it's just like in the back of my mind sometimes i think like man how long is this going to go on for how how many opportunities we going to have in the way in the way this world is right now like this next generation moving up you know i think it's important we have a responsibility to to teach it and teach it right and, you know, to try to get in a positive way to get pe- more people involved. Cause this, the numbers aren't, the numbers don't lie. We are losing hunters, you know yes. what I mean? So, yes, so, you know, we, we kind of owe it to that, you know, to do, to, you know, to teach it right, to make sure it's done right. Um, and for the right reasons, you know, make sure somebody's out there hunting for the right reasons. So,
1: you know, it's, it's like for me, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, everybody knows I'm a big old black guy. His channel always tells everybody the big old, and we're ebony and ivory, but it's like for me. Okay. Um, not just because of my parents and, I, and people may think I'm crazy or whatever else I'm about to say, but this, these are the things that I've thought of in my life. Is that, you know, during the civil rights movement where all these blacks were getting beaten and lynched and getting dogs chewed on them and everything else? And they made things better for blacks in this country. And I've said to myself, How is it that when the good Lord comes and punches my ticket and says it's time for me to come home? How is it do I face those people that were abused and everything else? And I look at them and they look at me and they say, "What did you do to, tr- to take advantage of what we did of the sacrifice?" And I look at the same way as my parents, that you, that they worked their asses off to give me a better life, and I didn't take advantage of it to be a better person. How can I face them? I can't. I can't. So it, it, it's, it's the same thing, you know it, it's crazy. You know how it all comes around and plays a part of how you live. It's amazing,
2: absolutely. You, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's true, man. I mean, it's yeah, it's just it's wild to think that you know, kind of how yeah. you see things in turmoil. But it's all perspective, you know what I mean? A lot of it is how you perceive the world to be, you know, in a more of a positive manner or a negative manner. And I've always, you know, Chad knows me enough, man. I just I try to stay away from all the BS, but yeah you know, I try to do my thing and people that, that are on a positive level with me, you know what I mean? Just try to stay around that positive, you know, positivity and, and it, it it definitely builds, you know, we've got a pretty damn good circle. You know, I've got such a good, so lucky to have a good circle of friends, um, where I'm at in life right now. And it definitely, you know, not only in the hunting world, like there's, you know, I can go to, if I'm unsure of something, and which is a lot, but if I'm unsure of something or a particular situation in the outdoors or anything, you know, I can go, I know, you know, I, I can get good feedback from my circle, my group of friends that, that are, you know, that are hunters and outdoorsmen and, even as a and per- things like
1: that. Even as a person in general, we have the opportunity, mm-hmm. we have the greatest opportunity to help and influence other people. Because, you know, like you said earlier, and I've always believed the same thing you said about people are placed in other people's lives for certain reasons and i tell Absolutely. you and i tell you what be with that being said is that we have different experiences but we also have an experience that we can share with others in certain times of their lives, and that they understand, and it, and it carries on. It's, it's an amazing. It, I mean, this circle of life is so amazing; it's crazy. I just wild, <laughs> right, brother? You know what I'm saying? I'm like for you. You know, the one dude he, he had the same thing going on, and they put this that guy in your life to help him and he hunt and everything else. And and and, yeah. and and you shared your experience with him. Then you probably were the person that got him through it you know it's just it's 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 crazy and i thank god all the time yes. for whom ever, you, for whomever I'm around whoever he puts in my life i always stake him for it because there's a reason for it to make me a better person and help make somebody else a better person yes
2: yeah and that, i mean that impact goes a long way for people you do, a lot of people don't realize it. You, you know there's i i mean me i like to try to slow things down as much as I can and try to get as much, you know, and I, that's what I mean. Back at being 15, you know, I learned very young that life is pretty doggone, you know, being a teenager, you, you're all pissing vinegar, man. You just, right. you want to go, 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 go. So it, it changed my aspect and outlook on life to slow, you know, to slow things down and to take in all the small things, all the small little things, man, just, you know, it, the big things, whatever. I don't worry about the big things you take, you know, the the small little things is what matters.
1: You know, Um, you know, it's funny. You would say that we have a good friend that we met two years ago in, uh, in New Mexico, Bob, and literally he wants to retire, wants to sell his business. And the guy makes tons of cash. And he's besides, and it's not about the cash he makes or whatever else, but he's a good man. He's a good, good man. And, Chad and I love the guy, him and his buddy, Scott, we love him to, to death. And in and, and every hunt that we could ever do, we always want to be with them. We even want to go visit them. They, they're just, when you, are, when you find good people, you want to be around good people. But even I told him, you know, he's, I think he's about 60 something years old, 61, 62. And I told him, I said, you know what, Bob, it's time for you to settle down, bro. I go, because our days are numbered in life. And I go, you got a beautiful wife, like my wife and Chad's wife and everything else. And I said, you know, it's about us and enjoying it because not just because the fact is you're older. It could happen when you're younger. But the thing is, is that the future is never promised. And the fact is, is that you go, like you said, go enjoy it, share it together. So not that, so there's no regrets because I tell you, because... Every day is a precious day, even at fifteen, twelve, eleven, which we don't understand at that time. But at fifty seven mm-hmm. and fifty years old, I've raised my kids and done whatever I've and I'm still there for them. But mm-hmm. the bottom line is, brother, is that like you said, enjoy every day because you don't know what tomorrow has to hold. And, 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 and Yeah, change. you're not you're not promised tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, brother.
0: All right, well, let's just change the subject <laughs> now.
1: <laughs> hey, brother, that was a good. I tell you, yeah, you know, you. Hey, that, that, hey, you, First of all, I'm a God fearing man. This as Chad is, and I tell you what, I you know, we talk about hunting and everything else, but I will tell you, almost every person that we interviewed, every person that we've had on this podcast, are God fearing, and it's and, and I and I and I and that I get totally, totally excited to know that. People I talk to, yeah. they are they're the ones also spreading the word. And whatever followers we have, if it's 100 or if it's 50, maybe by your testimony and the things that you did how you, how God got you through it may help another person or get somebody through it to where we, we get another soul in heaven. You know, we change the heart of another man or another woman. And the fact is that that is what we're supposed to be doing here in this life.
2: Yes. Yeah absolutely
0: and you know what we'll change it now because it took me a few minutes to like get my gathering because you know I what i was about to take the headset yeah. off chad I-
1: tried to walk away oh. i told him i said no right. I, I, and- yeah he, he was walking away brother and i said you know what i told him to sit back down because you were talking about your thing and, and, and what you were going through and everything else and we'll and, and, and and he had to listen because you were honoring him and yourself. It just hit home thing. right now. Yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. I you know, got him really emotional. No,
0: I understand, you brother. Know. I know. Just, I know. I miss my fucking dad, and I miss my brother. I mean, and hearing Keith, uh, his deal, it just it hit home a lot. Right. You know absolutely. I mean? And when I met Ryan, and then hanging out with Ryan, and then Keith, you told me your story. Uh It, I know. I don't call you all the time. I don't do all that. But it just really made me feel that. We're a lot closer than you think because of the fact that Absolutely. you went through the same experience that you know what it wasn't me that went through it, but I went through it with my brother. Right. And yeah,
1: so Absolutely And how long have you been in remission, brother? Um oh, let's see this year will be twenty nice. Give an applause, dude. 20,
2: <laughs> Put, the applause
1: just, there, yeah. Put the applause, baby. Put the
3: applause. A hell of an applause, yeah. brother. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a double, double. Double baby. Yeah. Fucking A.
1: Oh, damn. That's a hell of a freaking applause But 20 years. <laughs> Come on. You don't get no half applause on that shit You get a double. Hell, you might even get a triple. If I, if I get to hit the button again. Yeah, it's, it's been a
2: ride, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I haven't really talked about a lot of that stuff for a long, long hey, time. Hey, brother. You do. But, but no, it's. You, you would, know, and, it, your and it, it's, gonna it's help crazy because, you know, you'll run into people and and you, a lot of times you have similarities in stories or.
0: Oh, come on. What Keith. the heck? Oh, come on. Keith, you fucking got bad reception because I know I got good reception. Oh, tell him
1: where you left off re- reception.
0: Oh, <sighs> we call back. Yeah, oh, we, we call back. Call him right oh, back. I love this guy. Key, you better not send me the voicemail, fucker. <laughs> Hello? Keys. Hey. Keys.
1: Hello, hey. Oh, No, just kidding. Not here. Leave <laughs> a message. Nope. Oh, it's a voice At the tone,
3: it. Please record your message. Uh-oh. When Wait, you finish recording, got... you may hang hey, up or man. press one for this more man.
0: options. <laughs> hey Keith, we're on a podcast with you, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Whack him and pack him. Yeah! Let's call him back, guys. Oh, this guy. Oh, let's call him back. Oh, uh, I don't know what happened, but we lost him. That's what happens when you, uh, you're doing out of state calls. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, there it is.
0: Woo! Hey, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't worry. Keep we keep it going when you disconnect.
2: Ew. No, yeah, that's uh, no. I'm on the. You know, my hot. Work. I'm that dude. I'm out in the uh, freaking sticks, but yeah. uh, I have no service up here. So I'm on Wi-Fi call through. I don't know if I'm on like a some kind of stinking time limiter or well, whatever right, it is. Okay. But anyway, we're back. We're yeah. back. Yeah. There
1: we go. Glad to have you
2: back.
0: Hey, Gay. Okay, so we're all done with that. Hey, Keith. Dude, you yes, fucking sir. turkey guru motherfucker. You, you, you're the guru. You're the turkey guru. Hey, ooh, 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 you're the turkey guru. Tell everybody how you got in the turkey hunting.
2: Well, um a lot of it, you know, we had back in the day when, you know, of course when we were small game hunting and even getting into deer, we just had our turkey population was just through the roof. They were almost a nuisance, so um i have a good friend of mine that was into it in junior high um and i kind of hung around them a little bit i I really just i like the fact that you know you you had to work birds call them in and stuff like that but again like i said my first my first long beard i ever killed was when i was uh you know coming when i was getting on my chemo and all that stuff and shot that i've actually got an old polaroid picture of that thing somewhere but um so that kind of lit it off for me, and i I just grew a passion on it from there. I just wanted to go out every spring and my I had my one of my uncles that um was kind of new into hunting, so I would always take you know we'd always hang out together and go hunting and stuff like that together. but that's really where I kind of got into it um and you know there wasn't back then in the you know in the mid late nineties there really wasn't that many turkey hunters you know around and but our turkey population was like super super good back then too. Two bird limit, but like I said, man, it was just those things were almost a nuisance. We had so many of them, but I just love the. It, it to me, it's almost like an art form, you know. Trying just the just the calling back and forth, and know when and how to call, and when the, you know the, it's just it's and you learn, man. That's the thing. Like they always do something different. It's just a chess match, man. That's that's what's fun to me, and that's me and Steph. We're just talking about just like sh- that's her thing Steph's things, Turkey, dude she would shoot a turkey over the biggest buck he ever put out in front of her. I mean, that's just, she loves turkey hunting. Um, and that's your wife. But yes. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. That's one to make sure. Yeah. 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 I don't know if you had a sister uh, or no. not, but just i to throw it out there.
2: Oh, <laughs> I do, but she's not, uh, she's not into the hunting gigs, but, but no. So yeah, so Steph is, uh, um, you know, and it was crazy because me and Steph's, Oh man, basically high school, you know. But we've been together since. But yeah, so I I kind of introduced her into hunting and all that stuff. But she really got into you know. I started taking her more and more turkey hunting. But um, but yeah, so it's I, something. And the thing with turkey hunting, other than deer hunting, I like is because you can do it with other people. Um, it's one of those things where you you know take a buddy or two, um, and it, it's something that's you're you know running and gunning there's just so many aspects of turkey hunting that that's
1: so awesome. Um, yeah, you know, it's so funny. You, you, that, you, you brought up your wife and everything else. And I was looking at your Instagram and <laughs> I tell you, you know, what? that's amazing. She's your high school sweetheart, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. You know, you know, as well as I do, a lot of times, high school relationships don't last. And, but you know, you found your love, you found your companion and, Even some of the notes that you uh, written up under one of the pictures when she was in band and you took a picture with her. I was laughing at that. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, we always tell her things. She played the flute in band, so that's kind of when, uh, what was that, what was the show? Oh, shit, Band Camp yeah
1: yeah I was laughing at that I was like oh, check him out you know but oh that's so cool that that you know that's that's cool you got her involved in hunting and stuff, and you know and she's a not just your partner in life but your partner in the woods,
2: oh yeah, yeah, so it's yeah I mean that was always yeah, you know, like I said, man, turkey hunting was kind of my thing. Um, I grew, you know, a love for that. I mean, I'm more of a deer guy. People always ask me, like, man, what would you rather shoot a deer, you know, a buck or a turkey? And I said a buck all day, but turkey is, um, you know, it's it's a, a passion that keeps get, it it, gets, it just gets stronger every year. Um, and I just, and I love going different places. And that, that's the fun thing with turkey, man. Is um, you know, last year we went to the black Hills. or the year before we went to the black Hills, um, and hunted hundred national force out there. Of course, Steph got her bird out there. we worked one in for her, but, um, just kind of jumped around. And like I said, I was up your guys neck of the woods last year, Turkey hunt up in Northern California. Um, a good friend of mine that lives up there. And, um, but yeah, it's, and that's the thing, man, you, they're, they're in 49 States. So yeah. you can just get up and go that in, in your, Success rate on public ground's pretty good. I, you know, last year was probably – I haven't shot the most birds last year. I think I got – what did I shoot last year? I shot three long beards, um, got a ton of people and birds. But um, I shot three birds in three different states last year. I got one in um, down in West Virginia in the National Forest down there in West Virginia. of course, a bird here and then a bird in California. Um so that, that was pretty fun. The National Forest down here in the mountains, that was, that was just crazy. Just, just hiking up and down the mountains, man, just trying to find a bird. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool, man. And, uh, getting my niece on her first one last year on public grounds, um, not too far from the house here where I live. And, but yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. I, I get excited during youth season too, because usually I'm trying to get, you know, some buddies, my kids rounded up or my niece, you know, or, whoever, just to get out. I just, I get so excited because I, I like calling more than anything. Oh, you um, do. And it's, I don't care who's hunting or who's pulling it out. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like pulling the trigger, but I love calling birds. And, um, you know, last year Garrett Holly came up modern, the modern assassin Garrett Benner and uh, his girlfriend came up and they both got long beards last year. We had a really good year. I mean, we had a good hatch a couple of years prior and, Um, unfortunately, um, a lot of areas, there wasn't a lot of birds. Ohio went to a one, one bird limit now. Um, just trying to get the population built back up. But, um, but yeah, man, it's just, it's just, it's so awesome. It's, and it sucks, man. I get excited. I'm not a morning person whatsoever. I hate mornings. I could sleep in every day if I could, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, something about that gobble's gonna get your ass up at 4.30.
0: And you know what? Being out there the few years, dude, I seen you at work, and dude, you have the natch to fucking call in a turkey, I'll tell you that.
2: Yeah, it's just just experience over the years, really. I mean, I'm not a... a, I wouldn't consider myself a great caller. It's just a lot of it. You don't have to be a great, great caller, man. Um, And so it's funny because uh, I'm buddies with Shane Hendershot. He's a he's a world champion turkey caller, and I think he's won the state of Ohio for 10 or 11 years in a row. Um, just makes some awesome calls, good friends with him. And, and that's one thing he told me was like, you're either going to be a, a great turkey caller or you're going to be a great turkey hunter. You know what I mean? So hunting, calling and hunting is two different things. Like it's just a sequence of knowing when to call, how loud to call. Um, and just, and, and having that inst that, just that natural hunting instinct. Um, you know, a lot of guys can adapt, you know, just making, just being a good hunter. Um, kind of does a lot for you if you're a turkey hunter. So, and but, boy, you're an intense, t-
0: and you're an intense guy. <laughs> oh, I'm another person. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yes, tell you, you know. right now, you want to go out hunting turkeys with this guy? I'm telling you right <laughs> now, I hunted with him and he's like, Every little fucking mistake that I did, not thinking it was a mistake, you look at me like you, your eyes would kill a motherfucker. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> you fucking motherfucker, you like, no. Oh! No. You're a fucking, on, you, hey, there's a reason why they call you the guru of turkey. I'll tell you that. Not only that you kill deer, you, you're the turkey guru, Keith. I'll tell you. Hands on for me being with you those few times that we hunted, yeah, you fucking like, literally looked, gave me the eyes like, you motherfucker. <laughs> you fucking just Yeah, that last turkey up.
2: hunt we did, that last hunt we did where me and you we, remember we were just running and gunning, no deep nothing, dude, just running and gunning, calling, setting up. That was, that. I was glad you experienced that with me. Oh, um, yeah, That long beard I still, yeah, because it was, you know, they come through the kind of Set up that little opening. That one popped out of that little opening. I just, I was like, just looking for a beard, just pop out, and he, he stepped out. He seen us as when we seen him. I was like, it's over, dude. <laughs> <And> <laughs> he's <laughs> one awful. Of
0: hey, I, sh- I shot your decoy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. There's still no bees rattling around in that son of a bitch.
1: Oh, Hey dude. I got a, I got a question for you. And I was going through your Instagram and seeing you holding that little baby boy, Michael Jr. How old is he now? That
2: is my nephew, little right. Mikey. He's three, three and a half.
1: So you haven't taken him out yet, right? No, he's going to this. I uh, just put up
2: a um, couple three sixty blinds this year. One on my property, one on Ryan's. So I want to want to get him out and introduce him and in, you know, kind of into that. His dad, like I said, my my youngest brother is he's a hunting guru too. Oh, he really? wants to get All out right. with
1: again. That's cool.
2: So so he's like they do. My youngest brother, though, he's more of a fisherman, so I love the fishing and do all that stuff. But that's his passions. Oh, kind okay. you know, is fishing a lot. And um, but yes, yeah, so we've taken him fishing quite a bit. And you know what I mean. He's still he's still learning the game. But now we want to get out. You know, kind of late season here coming up. Once we get our our getting more towards muzzleloader season, I'd like to get him in a blind and just let him experience seeing deer. You know, walking through and and seeing them out in the field. Just to kind of get a reaction. That's yeah. the that's the greatest thing. It's just seeing the reaction. Absolutely, and, uh, and,
0: and, and that's you know, awesome. And that's you know, awesome. it, the greatest feeling for me, honestly, like you were able to call some turkeys in. I was able to get one, and you take a lot mm-hmm. of other people out to get them too, and they all appreciate it. Except for that one fuck, well, I don't remember his name, but that piece <laughs> of shit. This guy <laughs> takes this guy out hunting, and dude, literally, like he shoots a turkey. Like, oh, okay, that's it. Yeah, up, up up to that guy, that fucking piece of shit.
2: <laughs> you, we we won't name names. Yeah, but. No,
0: no names, but he knows. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, I'm going to tell you right now, Keith, you are the turkey guru, dude. You have those calls down, dude. You know how to call them. You know how to talk to them. I, I was in the blind seeing you switching out two, three, four different mouthpieces Call it all. It's not the one. This is the one. This is the one. Hey, dude, you know turkey hunting, dude. Yes. And it wasn't overnight that you learned that. You It's years of practice. And, dude, mm-hmm. you know what's up on turkey hunting, right? I mean, you do.
2: Well, it's not only just years of practice, it's a lot of mistakes. Yes. Lots and lots and lots of mistakes. And, you know, you try to learn from them. And, and that's. That humbles you, plus makes you a better hunter. I mean, all around, but, but no, I mean, my biggest thing is though, like, I'm a pretty humble person and I try to pride myself in everything I do, but I'll never say like I'm great or anything like that. But, but there's guys out there, dude. I, I've worked with some of them with deer and turkey. There, there's so many hunters out there that you don't know. You never met. They're just the quiet person that never says anything and you go to their house and they'll have, several 200 inches on the wall they'll have you know and they've shot turkeys in half the states in the united states you know what i mean there's just so many people out there that that get you know that don't get the credit and i I fully feel that there's you know there's, if you're that guy out there you know you know you're good so
0: <laughs> so so you're one turkey from the grand slam right
2: yeah, 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 I just gotta get my Osceola in Florida.
0: So, this next coming year, I have a connection, dude. My uncle lives in Florida. Dude, he's been telling me to come out there every year, dude, for the last three years, hunt those fucking turkeys. This next coming season, you gotta meet me out in Florida, and we'll get one.
2: I'll Yeah, you, and, you know, my cousin, um, she kind of gave me an invite. I didn't realize she lived in Osceola country, and um, They got a lease property down there, but um, she said, "Yeah, nobody even hunts the damn things." Oh, so I was like, "That's cool, you know, whatever." But I would love to go down if you're if you're willing to go down there. Yes, I will get on a plane and I will meet you down there. Yes, and, and we'll we can just, stay we'll at my, we
0: can stay at my uncle's house. Uh, you don't have to worry about the hotel. We'll stay at my uncle's house. Hey, dude, he has these fucking turkeys in his yard, dude. I mean,
1: yeah,
0: dude, yeah. So
1: that's so a- we're using slingshots and marbles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe you could bring out your old Crossman book, uh, BB gun again. <laughs> hey, folks, I, I don't know. That damn thing did not shoot very good for me. So that
2: thing might be sitting in the closet.
0: So definitely this next coming up year or whatever, I'm going to reach out to uncle. I'm going to tell him we're coming down. You and old Steffi, you'll meet us in Florida, and we're going to go hunt some of those fucking and get your Grand Slam.
1: Hey, look, I got a question for you because, you know, I've eaten a lot of game, but I've never had a wild turkey. How is wild turkey? How, how that oh brother.
2: You? Oh man. So, oh, shit. so there's <laughs> a couple, a couple, is actually, actually me here. Um, uh, old Steve on there had a recipe there years back and he made turkey schnitzels, and that was, that's actually one of my favorites. Um, uh, doing like a schnitzel kind of like that. But my, my favorite way to do it is I'll actually use like a, like a turkey brine. Like you based like a, like a Thanksgiving turkey. And so I, I use buy little, the, the bag brine, I'll mix it together in a bowl and I'll take my, the turkey breasts, cut them cross grain and like one inch by one inch strips for the whole length. Mm. Soak them in that for, I don't know, about six hours, four to six hours in that turkey brine, take them out, put them on a long skewer, take the, just the cheapest, thinnest bacon, just do a little wrap on it and do put that on like a smoker. I know Chad, you got a, uh, you got a pellet smoker. Um, but put that thing on, like, I don't know, 250 for about two, two and a half hours. Like, mm. smoke it on there. And I'm telling you, dude, lights out. Mm. It is just, it's just one of my favorite ways to eat it. The mm. turkey snickles you know, are, are really, really good. You just take, like, a small cube, kind of pound it flat. A little panko flour, egg, you know, egg and milk, and, mm. and kind of roll that in. And pan fry it. It's it's banging.
3: Mm. Mm. Yeah. God.
2: Oh, dude. You so that's one thing we good. do here. We you 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 don't yeah, you hang out with us here at the house. You're not going to go hungry. I promise you. I think, we you know, we, eat good. we eat very good
1: here. You know it's so amazing because you know it'd it be at the Chad and I are the hunters and everything else, and the little watering holes that we go to, and even just friends that we meet and everything else. We've totally introduced them, and we're and some of us buying off and eating some of the meat. I gave a a, 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 a salami roll. We went to breakfast. You know salami. Gave it to, gave a bite to this one guy and he was just lost his freaking mind. He said it was some of the best salami he's ever eaten. So I and that's why I asked. I'm I'm always about trying to introduce and we we are trying to introduce people. on not just the fact is because we just hunt, but the fact is is how good the meat and the wild game yeah. is compared to the stuff that you buy in the stores.
2: Oh, it's insane. It's just there's nothing there's nothing like it. You know, I meet somebody that's just like, oh, it's just terrible. It's nasty. I was like, I just don't know how you prepped it, how the animals cleaned or anything like that. But I'm telling you, man, you're missing out. And i tell you what, man, that sick of Buckeye shot with the with, uh, modern assassin, with Garrett, the mm-hmm. modern assassin. Right. That's literally some of the best wild game I've ever had.
0: Oh, really?
2: It is just absolutely phenomenal. I made some uh, carnitas tacos with it the other day. I used the neck, the neck roast. I reverse seared on the grill, chunk, you know, cut it up a little bit, threw it in the crock pot with some carnitas seasoning, and then I put a cup of orange juice in it, throw it in there, and it was just like like the fat is like but it's just like beef almost. It's like mm. buttery. Mm. But man, just the grease was dripping off the bottom of the mm. taco or the tortilla. Mm. It was it's good, brother. It's yeah. good. But I'm
1: ready to fly but out. Here. But no, it was, I'm, yeah, I'm it's literally some I'm ready it's to, some of the best game I've ever had. And hey I'm ready to fly out there just to have a little bite. This for a taco. been <laughs> <laughs> a thousand bucks on a plane ticket. This is going to have a bite of a taco, right? I'll, I'll cook <laughs> it up. Yeah! Oh, he will cook it up. Oh, I, oh, believe, oh, I believe you will. Did oh. this, hey, just you talking about it got me all fired up. Because a
0: few times I've been out there, this motherfucker right here, he doesn't. Oh, he cooks. Oh, oh dude. And the food that we cook, the uh, cross. Oh, the sink.
2: In the Steph's things. birthday, the,
1: the crawfish boil. Oh, the birthday. I've, I've, I've heard about the crawfish boil, but you know it's so funny because Chad and I were talking about the dude. We need to get somebody. We need to get somebody on on the podcast. Just talk about cooking wild game what they could do oh. with it. Because you know, I mean, because the thing is that people don't want it, but yet once somebody prepares it the right way, it's amazing. Because yes. I, I tell you what, because like I said, when I gave that guy, I gave the guy just a slice of the salami. And he literally yeah. lost his mind and says, "Hey, bro, do you have any more left? Can I get a?" Th-? And I brought him a roll, but he just said, "He goes." And I told him, "He goes." He, really, he goes, and you shot this deer. I mean, it's like when, when when I was coaching Pop Warner football, my oldest kid was a, a baby for the most part, and at a, at a, at a uh, at one of the coaches' meetings, he wanted to buy a pizza. And I just said, hey, listen, let me come over. And I, I just shot my first elk. I said, let me make you guys some elk burgers. Oh, fast forward. We had another practice about three or four weeks later. And he was like, Dwight, I've made these burgers. And he said, all I could think of was those elk burgers, how he wished he had had those elk burgers again. And I said, well, told him, I said, well, come on, go hunt with me. Come on, you can take up hunting. He goes, oh, no, I couldn't kill it. He goes, but I'll go with you and point them out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 yeah. He enjoyed it. He He's was good. he was totally shocked on how he enjoyed it so much.
2: Yeah, it's just like Chad was a couple couple seasons ago. Chad brought me out some of that. Note. Man, we it's gone. Like we it did not last very long. That shit was gone. Oh, yeah, so, it's just another level, man. It well, really is. It
1: is. I mean, like for me. Uh, Chad gave me bear meat. I never had it before. And I thought he overcooked cooked because he took it to our watering home. and we spoke about it before. And then all of a sudden I ate it. I was like, oh my God. And then he brought some to the house while I was at work and all my kids and my wife were destroying it. I had to call them and tell them, hey, leave a brother a little bit of peace so I can have some. (laughs) (laughs) And I was shocked. I mean, I literally was shocked that even my wife would really enjoy it. But she's she 's not an outdoors person, but she grew up in a little small town in, in in Idaho, and she had told me her told me that uh the one of the best wild game meats she 's ever had eaten was wild moose, you know, and i 'm like really she goes yeah she because she had eaten certain types of meats and everything else, but she said moose was the best meat she ever had, and'm i can 't wait to get a slice of that mm."
2: I love it. Yeah, we've we've gone up. We've had moose several times, and it's. I mean, I still. I mean, it's phenomenal. But I mean, I still like. If I could have one wild game to each rest of my life, it'd probably be elk. I mean, I think that right there is just. It's just you can't beat it. Mm. Yeah. So cool.
0: Hey, so we already got through the turkey thing. So let's get right into the giddy giddy, because you know what, everybody, my man right here, he shot the deer of a lifetime. Mm hundred eighty inch yeah, something buck. Oh my god, Keith! Tell everybody right now the process of getting that deer, dude. Because it wasn't like you just came across that motherfucker. You like been tracking this bitch for three years, dude.
2: Yeah. So uh, crazy. So I'm gonna give you the one on one here nobody like. So I'll tell you the whole story how it went down so yeah a few years that. ago we so <laughs> ryan actually I, I i'd seen this buck he was a two and a half year old or uh yes yeah, so it would have been about a, i i'm pretty sure he was a three and a half year old when i first seen him on camera nice gear, nice barely a 10 pointer you know kind of skinny rack you know he was skeletal structure looked good like you could tell he was he was definitely not a two-year-old and just was like okay you know and and I'm not going to give coordinates on this property, but it it is, there's a lot of uh, public land around this spot, right? So I knew this deer was on and out of public. So a lot of deer in there are, and it just gets hit pretty hard, you know what I mean, during season. So a lot of these deer don't make it that far, you know what I mean? They get to like two to three and they're done. Um, So just, just passing and passing and passing on deer, that's the risk you take, you know, if you want to try to, get to those five you know four five six year old deer you're just going to be passing you know in hopes that these deer make it um but so going into last year um four year old deer four and a half year old deer shows up i got tons of pictures of him um and garrett was up and he was probably close to 150 inch deer you know being next to public ground i was like um And that was one that possibly Garrett was going to go after. Um, And so we ended up not getting the deer. So fast forward into this year, I picked up a new piece of ground um, that I, well, I'd gotten this other piece of ground a couple years ago. Last year I had a camera on it and uh, this newer piece of ground talking about different property. And uh, I had a nice 10 point on it last year. He was probably upper 140s. And I didn't even hunt the property. I just kept a camera on it just to see what else is in that area, kind of taking inventory just to kind of see what it, what the chances of, you know, that deer making it back this, you know, coming into this year. Well, the landowner found his sheds last year, you know, coming the late season last year. Um, so I was like, well, I'm going to go back in there, set a camera up during summer, uh, you know, had mineral site going and got pictures of this deer. And I was like, oh, man, this thing's huge. I mean, he was probably close to 170-inch 10-point. Just a clean, clean 5 by 5 just, just a, you know, a 10-point you'd see on a, a whitetail on a picture or a postcard. So I thought, man, that's the year I'm going to go with. Um, I'm going to just kind of put my eggs in one basket and go after him. Um, and, of course, you know, we had some um, over at Ryan's Farm as well that, you know, that were really good candidates too but i know he was pushing in there trying to hunt one of these other deer so this other spot we I end up shooting this deer um you know i've got a big white tail institute clover plot in there um really mowed it sprayed it a couple times during the year just kind of stayed out had my mineral site in there really wasn't getting much in there throughout the summer but i know during the rut a lot of these deer kind of take to this area so actually garrett came up to hunt this year with me we rode down there and hunted the one stand i got down there just to see what we didn't see anything, so I ended up throwing a couple cameras up, leaving. Well, I went after that, went back to my other ten point to try to shoot him. Um, they just completely disappeared. wasn't sure where he was. You know what I mean? He's throwing the rut. I know sometimes they disappear and end up coming back, but this, like we're going on two weeks now. I don't have a picture this year. I was like, well, a hit my car. Another hunter hit him. You know he's killed. I don't know what's going on. So I went back down. It was November eighth. I went to go check that camera. Of course, of course, I run the same cameras you run, Chad, the multi-cell cameras, yeah. edges. But this particular spot, there's no service. So I had to just run, you know, the old school cameras. So I went down, pulled the cards. The day before, that deer was daylight walking through there. And I was like, holy shit, this is <laughs> this is a really good buck, you know. And so my attention kind of went towards let's – I'm not seeing the other deer I'm going to kind of go in here. Usually I try to have two spots anyway, naturally how I usually try to hunt. I always try to have a backup plan. Um, and so I was like, well, you know, I can only hunt one specific wind in here. And it's a southwest wind. It's the only wind I can really hunt in here. Um, so I ended up going in there and I ended up actually using uh, Drew's steps, Wild, uh, Wild Edge steps. Ryan came in. We hung a preset, you know, used the saddle system. And I'm still new to all this stuff, you know what I mean? And it was awesome. We got in there, got set up, trying to hunt him out of that. But being around public ground, you know, these these deer that would come through, they, I mean, they, it's just almost like they naturally look up and look for you. Like I was just getting – and I tried to make just different moves. I was like, well, I'm going to have to go – I think I'm just going to have to put a ground blind in because I think where I'm at, a lot of these deer where they bed, they can see me when I climb up this tree. So end up setting a blind down there and then – uh Um, the one day I actually seen him, uh, four days prior to me shooting him, I actually seen him cut around, actually seen these does drop down a hill and I was watching these does and I don't know if the wind swirled or did something weird. They just didn't like something. They kind of turned around and just kind of walked off real fast. As I watched him, I seen that deer standing about 80 yards up on the bank, just kind of looking down and then he just walked off. That's the first time I got my eyes on him. I was like, man, that's, dude, he's a, he's pretty big, like. He's, he's decent, you know what I mean? Like, I just hope this, you know, everything falls into place for me. Well, we're getting closer and closer to our shotgun, you know, our shotgun week, our firearm season. So I was like, I'm just going to have to just give it all, man, because it was like Thanksgiving week. I was off four days, and I'm just going to try to do everything I can to get in there and get that buck. Um, So I ended up going in. Seth was not able to go in. um, her, her spot she had a bad win for her spot so I just told her because I had two other real good bucks in there I got two 8 pointers in the 140's in there too that, that I would seen and she was kind of having a bad year um, she recently had an ACL surgery repair on her knee she couldn't get out and do anything hardly at all she just started getting back into it and Chad you know I'm a Hoyt guy yeah. through and through Hoyt guy shot it since I was a teenager and I told her just, of course, she's she can't draw her bow back hardly anymore, so she's using the uh, Excalibur crossbow. So I told her, I was like, just take your take your crossbow with you. Just come with me. And uh, we're getting ready to leave, to head down there to go sit in the blind. And it was just a shitty, dreary day, just kind of warmer, a day I normally wouldn't even hunt, but I had a good one to get in there. And I was like, you know what, the hell with it. I, I'm about burnt out from hunting this thing. I was like, well... And I had seen these other two eight pointers. Actually, I passed them up. And, uh, I was like, well, if one of these come out, you know, she can just shoot it, or I really didn't care if she even shot that big one. So we go down there, we're sitting in that blonde, dude. And it's like, we've seen one little buck cut through and hit hit a series of scrapes, walk through. Well, clear at the far end of the food pot. It was right at five. Last shooting light's like 25 after five is it. That's all you're getting for shooting light. And I seen one little buck about 80 yards away just kind of just brush water off because it, it just literally stopped raining a little bit. And then he just kept on walking through. He walked up the hill behind us. Looked back across here, and I just seen this big body just blob, just kind of walk out. And I seen just the side of the rack. I was like, oh, shit. And, and I didn't even bring my bow at this point. You know what I mean? So I, I would just told Steph, bring hers. I'll sit with you, and I'll just kind of try to film with my cell phone or whatever. And he walked through, and she looked right at me. She's like, I'm not shooting him. I was like, what do you mean? she's like, i want want to shoot. You've been watching that deer all, you know, since earlier in the month. She's like, I, there's no way I'm going to shoot this thing. She's like, that's your deer. You've been watching. You shoot. And I was like, I really don't. We're in the blind about half arguing, like whisper arguing, like, you know, you shoot it. No, you shoot it. Well, he walked, he ended up walking up through, like, just, he wasn't even going to come in. And at that point I was like, man, I wish I had like a dough, something to cut through this food plot. And right when I said that, dude, and I mean, it's, there's a little creek behind us, and it's just, and I just hear, looks sounds like suction cups walking through the mud of the creek, and a doe literally walked right by around us the blind. I don't know how she didn't wind us. Came in downwind, of us, circled around, walked right out in the middle of that clover plot, just kind of zigzagging, feeding around some of the clover and shit. So I look back across that plot, and I see this little buck just kind of walking through. And I was like, well, that's the same buck that was with him. He's about 60 yards. He's just standing there staring at her. And I look down to my right and he's on like a dead walk, I mean right in line with the like just coming right down the edge of this thicket, like between my food plot and there's like a hill and there's like a heavy thicket. And he's right right in line with us walking. And I was like, he's about seventy, sixty, seventy yards. Just he would take a few steps and stop and he would just put his nose up near and just do a little wind check. <clears throat> it's like Steph, it's him, he's coming in. No shit. She's like, I'm not shooting him. She slid that bow right over that crossbow right over into my lap. And I was like, I don't care, Steph. I was like, you shoot him if you want to shoot him. And she's like, no, I'm not shooting him. I was like, well, shit, you ain't telling me twice, you know what I mean? I like, Whatever, dude. So he comes on a bead line. Kind of, and it took him about – it was about 15 after by the time he kind of got right in line, and he just turned broadside and kind of came around. And at this point, it started to rain a little bit. Well, that doe kind of turned and went to my left. Then he kind of turned quartered in a little bit, so I just pulled up. I – he was probably about 28 to 30 yards, and I put it right there and squeezed the trigger, and that <clears throat> that bolt just, I mean, it just, I didn't see, you know, because you're shooting one, you don't see the bolt, so the bolt shot, and it just, you know the sound it makes, you know what I mean, rib kick, you know, ribs breaking, that hollow thud, right. and I was like, oh, my God, dude, and he jumped sideways and just put his, hunkered his head down and kind of ran across the thicket. And at that point, I knew he was big. You know what I mean? I, from the pictures, you look at the pictures on his trail cam pictures, when he, like when he comes, you know, when he's kind of further away in the food plot. So one of the other cameras I had, he looks like I figured he's probably mid high 160s is what I figured he was, but seeing him on the hoof kind of walk through. But when I, when I hit him and he kind of jumped sideways, hunkered his head down, and kind of ran across the food plot into the, into the thick stuff across the food plot, the thicket. I was just, I set the bow down and I was just, I let a deep sigh. Just, just, I mean, my grin was through the roof, but I turned around looked at Steph and she was about to fall apart. She's like, my heart's beating so fast. She's like, I was more nervous for you than probably you were for yourself. And I was like, and I were, and you know, my, we always second guess our shots, you know? And I'm like, he was quartered in a little bit. And I was like, what do you think? Did you see him hit? She's like, no, he, he jumped hard sideways but she's like, he was quartered in pretty good. And I was like, damn it. I was like, well, let's just give him five minutes. We'll back out. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll see if we can get, <clears throat> you know, we're going to find somebody with a drone, basically. So, because it started raining pretty good again. And I was like, you know, our blood trail's going to be weak. You know what I mean? If, if there's any blood trail, at all this rain. So we just backed out, uh, uh, ended up finding a buddy with a drone. Um, and that's, that's another topic too, dude. This, this drone recovery system is just insane. So they came out about a half hour later. We flew it. We found the deer. He went 50 yards, bedded down using that thermal imaging. So we backed out. Um, waited later in the night, came back down. So, wait, and wait, 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 he,
0: hold on, hold on, Keith. I don't mean to interrupt you, dude. So uh-huh. the drone guy,
2: you brought the mm-hmm. drone
0: in right away. And notice that he was bedded 50 yards away or you. Yeah. So
2: it probably was about a half hour after we got out. We, yeah. So we ended up meeting him at the house about, it was probably about a half hour after we got out of the blind, actually got back to the house. So it was probably by the time I hit the deer and he showed us probably about close to 45 minutes to an hour, probably I'd say. So we met up with them. It was
0: dark, right?
2: Oh, pitch black. Okay. Raining. And, we actually had to wait a little bit to fly. We had to wait for a little bit of the rain to kind of go away. So they flew the drone. <clears throat> We're probably about a quarter mile away. Flew the drone. I, I showed him one, like, it's crazy how these things work. So I kind of, he had like a, like a, the remote control had like thermal energy and a regular camera. And then off to the side, it had like a aerial view footage, kind of like, like on MapQuest or whatever, like a like a aerial view footage of the area. So we kind of showed him where the food plot was on the map, pinpointing right where the deer went. He literally flew that drone for like five minutes, flew over and used the thermal imaging, <clears throat> kind of seen was seen the hot spot, flew right over, zoomed in, and he's like, I think that's your deer, that deer's because you could tell if it's a standing deer or if it's laying down. Mm-hmm. You know, at night those deer are moving, so and I was like, Well that's right where he went. So that's gotta be him But it looked like his head was up through the 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 thermal imaging. So we ended up coming um coming back later. Um, flying it again and the deer looked like it moved about 30 yards so we just was like oh let's just hold off until tomorrow well the next day was the first day of the modern firearm so our shotgun season we call it shotgun season but so and i was kind of worried at that point um just because you know what i mean there's a lot of people especially being around public ground you know what i mean i was just like if that deer got up and moved over in the public ground the chances of somebody finding even, you know what I mean? I was just
1: yeah, so we end up coming back claiming them. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: So the next day, we uh, we go back down there, flew the drone back about you know nine thirty or so that next morning, flew back over thermal imaging. Deer was in the same spot, but he had. But this daylight now, now you can see what's regular camera zoomed in, deer's head sideways down. He's done. So, uh, we ended up walking up through the woods, but when I seen him on the ground, I was just like, dude, this is insane. Like, I didn't think he was as big as he was, but of course, um, Ryan came down later that, that, uh, they, they came down to hunt a client's property for gun season and to hunt some public ground down by us. And so Ryan Barron came down with one of his buddies and they ended up scoring the deer at like 180, was it 184 and two-eighths? So, wow. yeah, it was pretty symmetrical, okay. six by five, with the uh, with a couple kickers. No, he's my he's my biggest one. So I've been pretty fortunate the last few years to
1: now, Keith. You know, I, I got a question. A pretty good buck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting you a little bit there. I'm, I'm sorry, but but my my question to you is that the same buck where you put? Uh, thank you for this journey. Is that the same buck? Yes. Oh yep. my god. That thing is freaking amazing, brother. I mean, I'm looking at it right now as I'm talking to you. I mean, I've been look. I mean, when you were talking and telling the story, I was looking. I was look looking at the video because Chad told me. And like I said, I don't. I never know who we're talking to when we interview, and I'm always doing the fast uh, research. So now, when in I think it's in 2021 or 2022. The deer was poking his nose up in the tree. Did you have some type of a scent out there for him to be sniffing like that like as he was?
2: just just a scrape line Usually I try to find scrape lines okay. um but yeah, I do use uh I do use a like an orbital bland scent
3: okay. sometimes
2: I'll go into okay. freshen up you know, and I'll kind of put that orbital gland scent sometimes on okay. some of those branches and it's just fine usually you make mop scrapes sometimes, but but yeah this. This particular area, it's, it's usually once that pre-rut starts to come in in October, I mean, they they, they just go nuts. You know what I mean? You can usually... And that's one of my techniques, man. I just... Okay. I know a lot of people do it, but I usually try to find those scrape lines. Try to find a good community scrape, like, away from a field edge, more into the woods. Um, and I usually have a little bit more success with, you know, putting cameras up in those areas and, and, and trying to find some of these bigger deer. Um, but... But yeah, that's that's all he was doing. That's I think all three videos was two of the videos was in the same spot, and the other one, okay. when I actually had him, it was actually a, a on the edge of a food plot. But there was like two huge scrapes right on the edge of that clover plot that I put those cameras. But but yeah, so it's that definitely helps out a bunch. I and mean, you got the right equipment to kind of help do the scouting, and it so takes a lot of the guesswork out.
1: That, that 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 is an amazing deal. You know, yeah. Chad always says. <laughs> he shot a monster. Everybody shot a monster. And I'm looking at that video and I'm like, oh my God. You know, and to think that, as you said, because he's going from public land to private land and everything else that he even made it those three years, you know, that you're able Yeah. That's, to get... And that's, Go ahead.
2: yeah, that's just, that's rare that that happens. I mean, that was just kind of you know what I mean? Because a lot of times, usually I go into those areas and I, and I try to find the sheds. You know, do shed hunting in this. You know, towards spring and um, and it's just like, it, a lot of times it's hard to even know. You know, what I mean, because there's you can pattern deer on certain weeks, even certain days of the year to come in in certain areas, and you know, year in and year out. But but yeah, just the just the unknowing. It was just kind of like an overlooked area, I would say. For the most part, you know, for me, because um, we've got several properties we hunt and um, and manage and different things like that. But uh, but just, you know, that's just the risk is worth the reward. I, you know, and I talk to a lot of people about like the, you know, especially getting in with the different neighbors of shooting, you know, trying to shoot mature bucks. It don't have to be a 180. It could be a one, you know, 100 inch buck. You know, if he's a five, six, seven, eight year old, you know, Steph shot a buck. You know, yeah, we aged him at ten and a half years old. We had on the property for years and years and years, and he he's he was a seven pointer. Always stayed a seven pointer, but he was a huge seven pointer when she shot him. But but yeah, it's just trying to get everybody on board, and you know, that's just the risk we take. Of that's kind of where the point I am with, you know, with with where I'm at the way I want to hunt is mm-hmm. just. You know, I want to go after mature animals. Like I said, I'm not down with anybody whatsoever. Shoot what you want to shoot and be happy with it, man, Um, by any means. Doesn't matter what weapon you use the choice. If it's legal, man, do it. But but that's just a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, our circle is just when you start – you see just the dramatic increase of some of these properties we manage and hunt by just passing these younger deer yeah. and letting them age. I know they're going to get hit by a car. I know you're going to have a youth kid or somebody who's never hunted before, you know, that that's going to shoot a buck, you know, a younger deer and that's fine, you know, but to me, it's just like the journey you have with that animal, you know, the experience you have with those animals, it, it makes it really, really special. I mean, you know, and I had, we had Clint out a few years ago, uh, lives up in northern California, and he shot my one of my target bucks with me, and I oh, uh, watched this deer all oh, Zeus. Oh my goodness, that was just, that thing was just it was just like watching a unicorn, you know, come down out of the clouds, man. I mean, that, seeing that thing come out, and you know, I was just as happy as I shot that. And I always tell people that, man. I mean, you know, if one of my friends or you know, one, you know, just somebody, you know, somebody out of our group who shoots a good deer, man. I mean. I just feel as if I shot that animal. Absolutely. I feel just Even hey, filming hey. or anything like that, man, I just just get jacked, you know what yeah, I
1: mean? So. Absolutely. Hey, all our listeners out there, you know what? I'll tell you this. You know what? Like I said, it's the first time I looked at it, but hey, go to his Instagram, oh. Keith Sharok. K-E-I-T-H-S-H-A-R-R-O-C-K, Keith Sharok if you want to see it live through what he went through with that deer and following that deer, go to his Instagram so that you can see it too and get the same feeling that I'm getting, that we're getting, listening to the man yeah. that, that freaking took that deer. And, that, and the fact is how he's telling you about taking mature bucks. And the fact is he's watched this deer for years and he had the opportunity to get it. Go to, Like I said, go to his Instagram, Keith Chiroch, K-E-I-T-H, S-H-A-R-R-O-C-K. And look at it and enjoy that hunt with him because it is freaking amazing. Oh,
0: dude, It's an amazing buck, dude. And you know what? Just knowing Keith for the many years I've known him, he's 100% right that he gets excited about anybody that's out there with him. Getting an animal, dude, because you know what? Just like you said right now, Keith, oh, yeah. It's like you got it if somebody else got it. Absolutely. And you just, you know what? All the work that he puts in. Absolutely. And you know what? Hey, it's hey. not like Keith just went out and just shot this fucking buck. Oh yeah, I got lucky. Yeah, people do get lucky. Yes. Don't get me wrong, they do get lucky. But you know what? This guy's putting in the work, dude, and that's Absolutely. the reason why they call it managing deer TV because exactly. it's it's not killing TV. It's managing
2: deer TV. And thank his wife. Forget let him. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh. And I, you know, it's just crazy. I, I tell her. Like the like the next three four days I was like you should have shot that deer. She's like no. She's like I probably would have screwed it up and missed. like no you wouldn't. No. Oh, I was no. like no you. I was like you. I say like, I would have been probably more happy if you would have shot that deer. But and, and I you know just, what? and I, I know you personally. That her.
0: And I know you personally keep and you know what you're that guy. You're and, and, that guy. And,
1: and you know what we have to give props to our spouses. Woo! You know what I'm saying. You know our, sp- yeah, our spouses <laughs> allow us to do these things. And even at the same time, when your spouse had the opportunity to just whack it and and enjoy it, enjoy the, the, the thrill and the fact is of having that animal. But she said, no, this is something you've oh, done, dude, that you've and, put into work for. You know what? Here you go, honey. When he and told y-
0: me, honestly, Dwight, when Keith texted me saying, oh, yeah, oh, Steph had the chance. I put her on it. He, she didn't want it. He got it. I was like. That's a keeper. Yes, Ooh, yes she because is. You know <laughs> oh, because this,
1: give her props. Hey, this guy. Puts give, on, give her an applause. Give her an applause.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this guy puts on his wife, Steph. We love you
1: too. Yes, Keith. Steph. We love you. Oh, man. He's Thank put, you for letting him shoot the animal that he's been following and, for years. So, and yeah, and this guy,
0: he puts himself in the position For other people first, yeah, absolutely. And Keith's always the second guy because you know what? Not me. There's other people too. Yes, that you know what? Keith's already like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go out hunting. Uh, This is what it is. I'm gonna put you in my spots. Oh my god, dude! And knowing, hey, dude, somebody else could get a deer
1: that he's been watching for years. years, Absolutely. And you know what? Just shows his unselfishness. Yeah,
0: you damn right. And this guy, you're
1: amazing, Keith. You're an amazing man, brother. And your lady's amazing really. woman, so hey, <laughs> yes. hey I want to give her props. I, 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 hey, bro, I got to give her props. I'm one hundred percent because I tell you, you gave her the opportunity to do it, and she was like, "No, man, you're a good man. You've done all these things, <laughs> and she funny. loves you to death." And the fact <laughs> is, is, that she could have taken the glory, but she knows that you know it's something that you've always wanted. Because at the same time, you both got it together, and that's why.
2: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good. that's kind of that's kind of her thing, man. That's. But we enjoy. It. We try. We try to get out and enjoy as much as we can, you know, in the outdoors and fishing and hunting, camping, and whatever we're doing, man. It's always an adventure. So
0: absolutely, Keith. And you know what? I can't wait to get back out there with you guys again. We'll be. You know what? Me and Dwight, we will be out there for Steph's birthday in May.
1: So we're gonna make yeah, a trip out it.
0: there. We're gonna meet another guy, and we're gonna we're gonna get a rental car. And we're gonna meet you guys we're out just there. Also. Roll.
1: We're just gonna ride. Yeah,
0: you got to come
2: out. Yeah, come out for the crawfish, boy. Oh, you got to be 100%. out.
0: Well, we're not gonna miss it. Th- I'm not gonna miss it this year. I will tell you, I missed no. it last year. Uh, I've been doing it five years in a row. Last year I didn't get out, but this year we're out there, baby. Yes. 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 Hell yeah.
1: Thank you, Keith. Woo. Thanks again, brother.
2: Keith, dude. Oh,
1: Thank you, guys. It was
2: good catching up, man. Hey, dude.
0: Sure. dude I love you, dude. I appreciate everything. I appreciate the couple hours <laughs> that you spent with us, dude. You're an amazing guy, a humble guy. Oh, my God. There's like, thank you, Lord, for this guy being in our life because yes. you know what? If it wasn't for the Lord... We wouldn't know this guy. Yes. You know what? True. The Lord takes True. us down different paths. Yes. And, dude, he took me down the path to meet you, Keith. And I'm telling you right now, I am very grateful to meet a guy like you, dude. I'm telling you right now. Yes. and I tell you, Chad puts on
1: some good people that I'm like, man. I say, where do you find these great freaking guys from? I swear, bro. I swear. Like, oh, my God. You know? And Chad told me multiple times. He's always said to me, and I'm not I'm trying to pat the fool on his back, but he's always said, he goes, God put us together for a reason, Dwight. And he goes, you know, what? it is like we're brothers. And the fact is is that, you know, it's like we've known each other for a thousand years, and we haven't. But the fact is that we think the same, we have the same values, the same enthusiasts, the same things that we want to do. And, and, and the fact is, is that it's amazing that, you know, when, you can, when, when God put good people together, things can happen and things can change in their lives
2: absolutely
0: right on dude hey dude keith awesome. we appreciate your time today i know thank we, you keith. i know i told you earlier like i just want to get an hour i know we're going two and a half hours and hey you know what honestly <laughs> so we, can good, go, we can go a lot longer baby yeah. but you know but what? Oh, yeah. we're going to just continue this when we get out to your turkey camp baby in may oh yeah mm. dude thank you so much keith Hey, everybody out there, make sure you guys follow my man Keeps Your Rock or Managing Deer TV, Ryan Barron out there, Managing the Deer TV, follow his wife, Steph, I'll have all the credits in the interview baby yeah hey everybody else make sure you guys go out follow our partners wildedgeinc.com gator outdoors mountain bound hunt co turners And, and turners baby yeah also dude don't lag on the fucking saddles baby because you know what we got some good gift cards, Dwight. Oh, yeah, we, uh, we got Mountain Bound Hunt Co. SoCal Hunt Fish. They're donating. We got Ho Dad's Burger. They're donating. We got Sam the Tattoo Guy. Yeah. He's donating. We're podcasting with the winner, by the way, at yeah. Sam's place, dude. Oh go. yeah. Ooh, we ooh, ooh, ooh. And we got a Turner's gift card also, dude. Yeah. Everybody, make sure you guys get out, check all
1: those guys out, but. And, s- and send our link to other your friends. Have yes. them listen. Have them listen. But like next- I said, we're not here trying to make money because we ain't we ain't making, we, we shit. Ain't making a damn thing. Woo. But the fact is, is that we are sitting out here and getting people out there that so that you can listen to to get you to go out and hunt, teach certain things about hunting, food plots. All different type of techniques, of and hunting, after, and fishing, and, after this, and
0: episode, after this episode, if you guys don't know the fucking gig about hunting, you ain't listening because this guy Keith, he's a grinder. <clears throat> he it's not like he's overnighter doing it like by himself. He's
1: out there. He's doing managing fucking food plots. Or the he, fact is, you ain't hunting. Yeah, you do. <laughs> right. You ain't hunting. Hey, and but, if you listen, if you listen to all our podcasts, we what what thing we say. It takes work.
0: Yes. And it, ain't, it ain't sitting and there it, watching and TV. And, and, and the proof's in the pudding right now. Keith right here is just, he gave his testimony. And it's a small testimony because you know what? I know many deer this big guy shot already, and he shot some many, amazing, amazing maniac deer, okay? It's not like he just went out and shot in first uh, 189-inch fucking deer. No. This guy's been putting in work year after year after year. He does food plots. I know in California you can't do food plots. You can't bait. But you know what? You still can do your research. He sets up many, many cameras. Moultrie, by the way. Moultrie. We love Moultrie. Okay? He sets up cameras. He's doing food plots. He's doing that. Keith is actually working all year round. To and think, look
1: and look at the deer he shot because yes. the work that he's put because, in. Because you
0: know what? It's not like he went out in two weeks and got this fucking right. beast. He's been following this deer, Absolutely. putting in work for a couple years now. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, Dwight, the year the deers that he got in the past, same thing. Yeah. Same fucking thing. This guy's been putting in work and he does it and it's not like giving. It's that, earned. And,
1: and another thing, folks out there. You know, you, you heard Keith's testimony and his cancer and the people he's dealt with and everything else that had cancer. Hey, if you find yourself someplace that you want to donate some money to, donate to some can- cancer research. Because I tell you what, because of the research Keith is with us to share today. Yes. And, you know, yes, you know, absolutely. you know, Chad's brother didn't make it or whatever else. But the bottom line is that the research is out there and they're always yes. looking for some money to help. With the research, so we can have a survivor yep. and, and continue living. So hey, don't feel hey, down. Don't hey, you got a little bit of extra cash? Put a little money towards cancer research, you know. And at the same time, put a little bit of money for you know injured uh, veterans, veterans. You know something out there. You know just 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 hey, your money goes a long way. No, I know a lot of times we're the-
0: asking you to, you you. Thousands of dollars. Nothing. You could do a $5 donation. Whatever. Can cancel research or $5 to veterans. Owe. Exactly. Just Because put, you know what? Everything adds up. And you know what? Keith's a testimony of like beating the deal. He said strong, dude. He he had a good vibe. He absolutely. like kept it going. You know what? And, and keep your faith yes. in God. Yeah. And hey, keep, by the way, put, Keith, how's your dad prayer. doing? <laughs>
2: He's he's doing he's doing pretty good. He has his good days and his bad days, but most of the time it's been pretty good here lately. So nice. but, I know but yeah, I wanted to bring it so up been, earlier. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, so yep, yeah, he's still he's still grinding. Yep, yeah, mom's still putting up with him, so <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, well, I'm so awesome for your time today, brother. And everybody out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the Wacken and Packham podcast. Oh, yeah. Every week we'll have a good episode on Monday, baby. Yeah. Woo!
1: All day long. yeah
0: because this is what we do it's all about fun we're not making money we're not doing anything but we're uh we're here to share the ebony and ivory guys we're here to share, share some baby. good times with everybody and you yes. know what today's episode is a good time yes. with a good brother and you know what keith is like a family to me dude and it's great to have him on this show today thank you keith so much for everything thank you, else keith. thanks to everybody yeah you're very welcome Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody, thank you so much. We'll see you next Monday. Yeah! <laughs> and you know what? Keep grinding out there, because you know what? You could be making that video saying what? Welcome Welcome and back Yeah! <laughs> yeah!
3: <laughs> see you <laughs> Monday, baby! Yeah!